Hey, guys, stop what you're doing right now. Go to your DVR. Please, please, please write this down. Send yourself an, a note. Put it in your phone. You got your phone in your hand. And just set an alarm. June 7th on Travel Channel, my show, Bert the Conqueror, premieres for its third season. I am extremely proud of this product. I worked really hard. I spent the majority of my summer on it, busting my ass, and and I want everyone to watch it. And I want you to watch it. More importantly, I want you to like it, and I want you to share it with your friends, and I want you to talk about it to other people. So, And the only way you can do that is by watching it, and the only way you're going to watch it is if you set a reminder. Set a reminder, set your DVR, go look on your DVR the next time be like, oh, that's right, Bert, I got to get this fucking show down. It's on Travel Channel. Uh, go to Travel Channel tomorrow. Do Go to it tonight and take a look at all the fantastic programming we have out for you. There's, it's amazing. Um, Josh Gates' show, Expedition Unknown, Booze Traveler, Hotel Impossible. Uh, the list goes on. And so that's what I want to share with you. Uh, today's podcast, oh, I have tour dates. Shit, I have tour dates. Um, I am, I am uh, doing... I should have timed this out a little better. I'm in Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis this week, the 26th, 27th, and 28th of May. Uh, I'll also be there the 25th. Um, I'm in Schaumburg, Illinois, the 9th through 11th of June. Flappers Burbank. Come out local. Flappers Burbank on June 17th and 18th Orlando Improv. I am back in O-Town the 24th, 25th, 26th. I've got a Showtime special coming out soon. I'll know the exact air dates of that. I think that's everything I have. I obviously have shirts and books at birdbirdbird.com. My wife would like to speak to you. I would, yes. Like to say that today's episode is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You know, night after night, two people lay in the same bed. When it comes time to buy a new mattress, only one of them gets their way. No, that's not totally true. Well, I think sometimes. Oh, I I thought you said when... uh, Only one person gets away. I mean, the mattress we're sleeping on is a little hard for you, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I didn't get to pick... I didn't get to pick the firmness because you wanted firmer, and so I had to put a feather bed on it. Exactly. See, only one person got their way. I, I thought I was thinking only one person got to sleep in it, and I was like, sometimes people share their room. <laughs> sometimes only one person sleeps in our bed because you're on the road. Sometimes. Oh, and when I am here, I'm snoring, and you're- There you go. There you go. In the mom cave. Okay. So, uh, only one person gets their way until now. Introducing Helix Sleep. Where you can buy a mattress online, customized for both of you, for hundreds of dollars instead of thousands. Go to helixsleep.com and answer a few simple questions based on four key preferences. And the result will be a custom sleep profile used to build you the most comfortable mattress you'll ever sleep on. Well, kind of like that. It's like when you build your own car when you're car shopping. Totally. That would be kind of fun, right? So your mattress arrives in about a week, and the shipping is 100% free. And for couples, Helix customizes each side of the mattress, personalized to suit... Oh, wait a minute. They customize each side of the mattress? That means that you could have a softer side, and I could have a firmer side. I'd like that. That's actually awesome. I'd like that. Helix customers report a 30% improvement in overall sleep quality. 
and you have a hundred nights to try it out. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free. Hundred nights? They let you sleep in it for three months? I know, right? You know that thing's going back with like bed bugs or something, chiggers, lots of uh, <laughs> maybe not chiggers. I guess you only get those in the, the woods. Fuck are you sleeping? In, are you sleeping in your mattress in the woods? But what do they do with them when they get them back? <laughs> they flip them upside down and send them out to the next people. I highly doubt that. Anyway, you have 100 nights to try it. And if you don't love it, they pick it up for free and you get a 100% refund. I like that. Let's just buy one. <laughs> send it back. Let's just keep doing that every three months. We'll no, just... I don't know. I don't know. A little more firm. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine was dissolved. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to Cinderella over here. It is really kind of cool, though. Beauty. It is a great thing that you could like have half the mattress firm and half the mattress soft. It's like, it, it, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem with something like a sleep number bed is I would forget my number. <laughs> this way, there's no number. You just yeah. kind of, it's the same. I like that. So that's why everyone from GQ Magazine to Forbes are all talking about Helix Sleep. So go to helixsleep.com slash Bert and get $50 off your order. That's Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X, like Felix, but Helix, sleep.com slash Bert. Helix.com slash Bert. All this talk about beds is making me sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Is that all you want to share? Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. And buy buy a t-shirt. BertBert.com. BertCast.com. Yeah. Our P.O. box is 707 North Hollywood, California. (laughs) Send us treats. 9163. Ten four, and you don't put ten four in the <laughs> night, Uh Hey guys, I'm going to be trying something new uh, coming up this next couple weeks. Um, uh, the vlog has been a blast, but it's been really difficult. Um, I'm not really good at giving notes, and I'm not really good at the full edit. I'm going to try something new, so get ready for it. I think it's going to come out. I'm going to do my first one maybe next week or the week after that. Um, but it should be fun. It should be cool. Should be different. And, uh, I think you guys will like it. So, so yeah, uh, and I won't tell you exactly what it is yet in case I don't do it at all, <laughs> but, but today's podcast, uh, was a fantastic podcast. It was so fun. And I'm releasing this today because his album drops Friday. Uh, he is a comic. He's been, he, he's worked at the store. He's been at the store his whole career. I've known him for a long time. I've known of him longer than I've known him. Uh, but he's one of those guys that, um, that is synonymous with, with, uh, with just good times at the store. He's got a podcast with Kevin Christie called occasionally awesome. I think that's what it's called. It's on all things comedy. Occasionally awesome. God, I'm good. Uh, and, his new album, 19, his name's Nick Youssef. Let me get that out right now just so that – I know you already know who it is, but I don't want to like load up with all this info and you're like, wait, who the fuck are we talking about? Um, he's got a new album coming out this Friday. You can pre-order it today. Guys, I say this to all the naysayers out there that are stuck in a time capsule that don't believe in the power of podcasting, but that is the future. Nick Youssef can text me and say, hey, man, do you mind if I do your podcast to promote my 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 – uh, my song, my my album on iTunes, and then you guys can go straight to iTunes and download it and get them at the top of the charts. And there is no traditional media used to promote it. I love that. So please, by all means, go to iTunes, subscribe to his podcast, 
So by his new album, 1982, he is absolutely hilarious, and we have a fantastic conversation about everything. I won't spoil it for you. I'll let you listen to it. Have a great fucking week, everybody. Be safe this weekend. I will be in St. Louis all weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Today's guest. Oh, I should also tell you, I have two gangstress podcasts after this. I'm killing it with podcasts. Uh, a little little teaser. Ron White and Harley Mornstein from Epic Mealtime. Yeah, but right now, right now, and I guarantee you, if you love the Danish and O'Neill one, you're going to love this one. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Youssef. This is Podcast together. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> On all things comedy. Yeah, you got to do it. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, you're talking to that mic? Talking into the mic. All right. That is perfect. Um, yeah, so uh, I, st- I was looking through your Instagrams today, and I was like, yeah. fuck, man, I want to be artistic. <laughs> so wait, what's the new album about? Are you, is it songs? No, it's comedy. It said songs on, and I was like, did he change his fucking entire act? Yeah, I've and abandoned like, stand-up. And I, was like, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> man, I want to re- release an album so bad. I feel, like, I feel like it's, well, you know what happens, though, is you get, you go, I'm going to do an album. And you get all excited, and you're like, "I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna film, I'm gonna tape it yeah. in DC. I'll do, I'll do f- four shows, six shows. Yeah, put the best album, but bananas tracks together. Yeah, and then you're like, okay. And then you tell your agents and managers, and they're like, well, let's wait around to see if anyone wants to do a special. Right. And you get sidetracked, and then you lose material because you get bored of it. Exactly. But I saw your album came out, and I was like, fuck, man, I'm jealous. Yeah. So when did you? Where did you film it? I did it at uh, the Punchline, San Francisco. Where are you from? I'm from L.A. I'm one you of grew the up in L.A.? 11 people that are from here. Are, you grew up in L.A.? Yeah. What's Yousef? Is that... It's Middle Eastern. It's Lebanese. Lebanese? Yeah. Does that mean you and Tripoli fly, fight all the time? No, he's Armenian. <laughs> and I uh, I just tell him that mine, mine's better than his. Because um, there's no Lebanese out here. There's a ton of Armenians. And people are always like, oh, these Armenian guys and their BMWs. Dude, so he gets the brunt of it. And The I Armenian <laughs> guys hang out at our... like On our street, you'll see them all the time. Yeah. Just hanging out, having coffee. They just sit, smoke cigarettes, have coffee, yeah, and talk. All day. All day. Yeah. And I'm always wondering what the fuck they're up to. No one knows. It's like they they just like chill all day and then they all have the nicest possible cars. So immediately you're like, there's a yeah. mafia situation. What the fuck? How do they all have great cars? I don't know. That drives me nuts. Like I feel like I'm I'm not good with my money. Yeah. So I feel like I if anyone's gonna have an expensive car, it would be me. I'd be like, Oh, I'll just yeah. buy an expensive car. I can't afford one. And I look at these guys. There's Uber drivers that pick me up in a $120,000 Mercedes. Yeah, you're like, is this like an AMG? <laughs> I got in a car yeah. last night and I go, what kind of car is this? And he was like, oh, it's a dot, 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 dot. Oh, your, your back seat reclines. Yeah. And I was like, what? And it like heats up and like, uh, and there's a jacuzzi in the trunk and like all this oh, shit. Yeah. So, do, so did you start, did you, was a punchline one of your home clubs? It was the first club that ever worked me on the road. Like I grew up in LA, started comedy in LA. So this What's was like, that like? I, I know people are always like, "Why would you do that?" or "What the fuck?" I just laid low for a few years and didn't showcase at any of the clubs or anything so wait, like but, that. Yeah, but that's like I'm even having a problem with with doing stand up in the city now because you do stand up and everyone at Comedy Central's there. Yeah, the fucking there's producers there. The, even like the store, I feel is like more of a showcase club these days. Yeah, it totally is. It's really bizarre. Yeah, but when I started there, like I. 
I did the open mics and all that stuff and just stayed away from the clubs until I had some material and I could, you know, feel confident to showcase for anything. And then I got into the store back when it was practically closed. You know, no one went there for any reason. What year is this? That's 03, late summer oh, of 03 is when I got hired as an employee. Really? And I worked like the door in the lot and answered the phones every morning and all that shit. But it was so dead back then that like the phone shift was 9 to 1. From 9 to 11, I was sleeping. No, really? I mean, wasn't even disturbed by a phone call. <laughs> so I would just roll out of bed and be like, it was basically like taking a break to re-sleep again. And I'd get there, I'd get like a newspaper from Starbucks and a coffee that I wouldn't touch until I woke up at 11. And I'd wake up, there was no internet or cable, so I'd watch The View every morning. <laughs> and like all my children. That was the only thing I, there was no internet, I had no money for a computer. So I just sat there and watched that. And no one would call till noon. And when they would, they'd be like, "Are there shows tonight?" Like it wasn't even like we got to come see Jessel Nick and you know, and Rogan. Are you guys open like ever? You know, and we're like, "Oh yeah, shows are at nine, And you'd have to struggle to find a credit to give really from anyone on the lineup. Who's headlining there at the time? Is it? It's. I mean, the only name I remember back then was like Rogan. That was the only person you. This before be like, the fallout. Yeah, way, way before. This was when he was on Fear Factor, and you could be from Fear Factor, Joe Rogan. It was like, fuck yeah. Who else you got? We're like, bish, 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 bish. like you just don't mumble your way through. Uh, you'd, you'd always be like Brian Holtzman because he's like a legend. Dude, I heard I heard the other night uh, someone told me that Brian Holtzman ran, went on stage and like everyone ran in to go watch him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just – he's unpredictable and like angry and crazy and like – He's just the best. He's calmed down a lot over the years, but he used to be – you would just never know what was going to happen, so you'd have to go in there. Really? Because it wouldn't be – you wouldn't want to miss the possible set where he, like, unloads on a crowd and walks the room because he would just lose his mind over, like, any issue, any any topic. Really? Yeah, he's just, like – he's just super intense and, like, wild and angry and funny, but, like, funny. Is he, like, a – He's a guy that there's like he's like there's legends about him. Yeah, there's like, like stories where he would like flip out and walk the room and like he would just make racial jokes that would people would get sensitive about and then he'd flip out and get angry at you getting angry kind of thing. Storm <laughs> off stage screaming in people's faces and he's like a big menacing. I heard he's like dude. an airplane mechanic. Yeah, and he used to be like a he worked as a parking enforcement officer for a while where you're like what. They would be the last person you'd want to run into getting a ticket. Because normally you'd yell at a parking lot, hey, fuck you, pal, and the fucking ticket you gave me. And then he would go, no, fuck you. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And you pay double, you know, like anything you need to get that dude out of your face. <laughs> but yeah, he was there a lot. Um, I guess like Maz Jabrani was there, Sebastian, before he was like Sebastian. Was he was just like someone, another dude there. I was telling someone when I met Sebastian was, um, do you ever go to those uh, – those softball home run derby games we play? No. We do me, Ernst. Oh, I, I, I used to hear about them. It was before yeah. I was friends with all those guys, so they would mention them. But yeah. I was never invited. Oh, I I just I was just kid. friends with Steve Byrne. Yeah. I didn't know anyone else. Yeah. And Steve's like, You should come, hang out, get to know everyone. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. So he's we, always the guy who like brings people he's very like, Come on, let's all be buddies, let's hang out. He's you know what's so funny? he uh Steve is a complex individual. Yeah. Because there no, there's another side to Steve where if yeah. he decides he hates you, he, there's like, no you turning exist. that around. Right. I've seen him do that where right. he's just decided, I don't like this person. Yeah. And it, oh, fucking, it's like an, it's like a Holocaust. And so, wow. and so, uh, 
So we started doing that home run derby, and the first day I got there early. I don't know anyone, and I go over to the thing, and I see Sebastian. I don't know. I don't even know that he's a comic. Like yeah. I just and the way he's acting, I'm like, this guy does not do stand up comedy. Like yeah. he's super serious. He's putting on knee high socks, <laughs> elbow pads, right. he's lacing up high yeah. top cleats with like Yeah. Slash loafers at the same time. Yeah, and he's got oh he had like he had those like those slides that black dudes wear with right. his socks and like he had he had his warm up outfit, getting ready for his game outfit, That's matching hilarious. gloves and uh, like a visor with his hair done up putting on sunscreen and i'm just looking at him like i go you're drinking a beer and you're like what's this guy's problem we, i was i don't know who i was just telling this to i was i think i was wearing i'm being not even fucking around i think i might have been wearing flip-flops yeah and no, i was sure. just like yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm looking at him and steve shows up and he's like bert this is sebastian and i was like hey how you doing i said what do you do and he goes i'm a comedian and i went really and, and i was yeah. like that is you're taking like, this so serious yeah. like and then he get, got up and he was just like him and Brett Ernst would swing and curse. Fuck, man. Like, as they'd swing. Yeah. Brett would swing and go, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Booyah. Take that. And <laughs> I, I literally was like, these are the most interesting group of guys I've ever met. Yeah. Ren Azizi was like a college foot baseball star. Right. And fuck, I just literally sat in the outfield and I was like, and then I'd played I got recruited to play college baseball, so I was like, I'm, I, was, I was actually really good. Yeah. So immediately, like, they, the record was like one or two home runs, and then I get up and hit twelve, I think, fifteen the first time, <laughs> and they were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah. And I was like, "He's oh. invited every Sunday." Yeah. It's, yeah, but it was, uh, he was a really interesting. It's really cool. I mean, I don't know what was. The, was there any like bitterness at the store? Like, did people hate each other? No, it always I, seems like it got a fraternity vibe. I was there probably at the tail end of that because they were kind of phasing out all those dinosaur guys that yeah. like, were holding on to the one place they had left to perform. So anytime a newer, younger person would come in, it would just be like lasers of hate. You know, like, who's this fucking asshole? He's not really? fucking funny. And you're like, how do you know? He just got passed. You know, give him a chance. But they wouldn't want to because they were holding on to those spots. You know, guys like Barry Diamond and Steve Kravitz and Jeff Altman and, Don't know any and Charles them. Fleischer. Yeah, I mean, they're guys that were like pretty big deals in the 80s and early 90s, maybe. They were like the Sebastians and the and the Caparillas and stuff of that era. But, you know, all things must pass, I suppose. But yeah. um, but they were big deals back then. You know, they were, like, funny dudes. People came to see them. They had tons of late-night appearances. But they just, like, got older, and then that was the only place they had left. And then dudes like Sebastian and Ernst and, and, and Dove and Byrne and all these guys were coming in, and people were like, who are these new guys? But as they phased them out, and it was kind of more of us, then it became more of, like, this, you know, fraternity brotherhood clubhouse type thing where we'd all hang out chase girls around have beers hang out tell stories yeah. and then it became kind of funny it was still dead like your average tuesday or wednesday would the show the show was supposed to start at nine wouldn't start till there were six people minimum in the showroom so sometimes i'd work the cover booth too so i would just call to the manager's office or mitzi even you'd have to call her to get the okay like Mitzi, can we cancel the show? Because it's 9.45 and there's only three people in the audience. That was not uncommon for a Tuesday or Wednesday. That's so crazy she'd considering be like, what that place wait. is doing now. Yeah, now it's like fucking sold out on a Tuesday afternoon for the Tuesday night show. What? How the fuck did that happen? Dude, I, I mean, it's this weird, perfect storm of like 
podcasting. There's a comedy boom in general. Oh, there's a, the comedy boom yeah. is like overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I, there, you it's know, crazy. I was telling someone when I started there, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there was tops 150 comedians working. In tops. L.A.? In, in L.A., New York. Oh, okay. L.A., New York. Like you had road guys that you never really knew their names. Like the guys that did the road, they always existed. Yeah. Like in L.A. and New York, there were tops 150 comics. What year did you start? Uh, I started in... Um, on my 26th birthday, uh, probably like 98, 99, and it, there were tops fucking 150. I mean, I could name I could name all the New York comics. I could probably go through and name every New York comic right wow. now. Only because that's that you I mean, there were there was there was I think eight clubs or six yeah. clubs, but you knew everyone. I mean, you knew everyone that worked that scene. I mean, I worked the door, so I I knew Everyone would yeah. come by, and I'm also not counting like black comics. Probably in New York, you could probably double that number almost because it was a whole well, black scene in the '90s too. The black comedy scene was the only comedy scene like thriving. Yeah, and then all all the rest of comedy was just like one foot in the grave. Yeah, like I came, no one I gave came a out, shit. I came out to New York in '99, probably in '99, and I remember going to the Improv, uh, going to the Improv, and going to the store, and going yeah. to the Laugh Factory. And I could name all the comics working. Yeah. I could probably, I could probably go through and, you know, Zach, Sarah, Harland, Dane. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it was like, now, man, I looked. I was watching. I guess the other night I was watching your YouTube um, thing with. It's got like five hundred thousand views on uh, for the Laugh Factory. Oh yeah. And I was like, I don't know one of those people. Oh, and the, that whole and they've all got a half is. a million views. I know. I don't know one of them. I'm like, I know, me neither. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And I didn't know most of the people I was on the show with that night. Probably. It's insane yeah. that you would not know. Like, there's a lot of comics now. It's it's mind boggling. Yeah. I go to the I go to went to the store the other night with Stanhope, and like you end up. It just seems like no one quit. <laughs> like, yeah, no one quit, and a lot of people are like, "Well, if I was on Twitter, I could probably be a comedian." And then there's those guys. Well, you got that's a whole genre, yeah, of those people who were just really funny on Twitter, and then got, and then decided to become comics. And now they're on stage reading tweets, yeah, and they go, "I'm a stand up now," and they and they're selling theaters. And I then know, you got, right. and then you got. So I'll, I'll tell you, this is what I think happened. Yeah. So it's interesting because. I feel like I got you know that 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 um I think it's it's not what the dog saw it's a Malcolm Gladwell book oh yeah I think it is what the no uh, isn't it something and what the dog saw it's the whatever the one is right place right time yeah okay so I believe I started comedy at the exact perfect time yeah I really believe because I don't think I'm that talented and I don't think I'm that good looking and I've been working my whole fucking life yeah. and so I literally sometimes I say. It's just I just was there. There was a small selection. Me, Ian Bag, Tom Segura. These are people that I go. Yeah. I, look, they're funny. I'm not going to include yeah. them. Me, Steve Byrne. Right. Um, we all got into this business at a time when there wasn't that many comics working, and then the headliners. So they opened up a bunch of improvs. Right. The headliners were like David Spade, uh, Jay Moore, uh, the fucking. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. It was yeah. all this SNL. It was like one genre. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably Patton in some clubs. I don't think he was headlining a lot. But like, and then 
they had so the, much the nine city tour would be like portland austin san francisco like the the cities where like he just likes to go yeah yeah yeah, yeah I can't. you can why not yeah. <laughs> yeah and and so i remember going to these clubs and then being like and like brian regan was still headlining these clubs yeah. david tell yeah uh mitch hedberg lewis black they were the headliners these are all the fucking biggest names in comedy oh yeah probably right now and then what happened is they opened up all these funny bones too and a lot of these guys were just like, I don't want to do the road. And there was availability. And so, guys, I'll, I'm, I'll just say my name definitely. Mm-hmm. But, like, I got gifted 15 cities a year. Just no money, very low money. Uh-huh. But I got an opportunity to headline where uh-huh. a lot of guys never got the opportunity to do hours. Yeah. And just stretch their wings. Dane stopped, started doing theaters. I mean, everyone wanted to do theaters. That was the other thing is that yeah. everyone wanted to get into theaters. And so I look at that now and I go, the only reason I'm in at these clubs because 10 years ago they needed people. Mm-hmm. I was cool, number one. That's it. Like I liked hanging out with the staff. I yeah. liked – I didn't mind – I was broke, so I didn't mind if the manager or assistant manager picked me up at the airport. Yeah. I didn't need a car service. If condos all you had, I'd stay in the condo. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And so – I feel like now I, I go, I don't know how someone would get on the road and headline. It, like, it is almost hard. impenetrable. Yeah. Like there's, and there's so many guys that go out, do one Netflix special, and then, and then, and it just, and then all the, they're in. And you're like, what? And then, then back, they go away, and a brand new guy comes in, yeah. and you're like, holy shit, man. Yeah, everyone's so disposable. It, it really is. And it's like now there, there's so many specials that come out even that it's like a big deal for the six days it's being promoted. And then two weeks later, you forget it ever happened. Isn't that and then crazy? Another spe- yeah, that's part of being in Tom a Segura is the luckiest man in the world. Yeah, well, he's also, yeah, he's funny as it, well. well he's, ah. he's mediocre at best. <laughs> yeah. He's if you a like, piece of shit. If Let's you like there. a watered down David Tell <laughs> With a Harry Louis Anderson body, right. then yes, yeah, no, but the name of his next special is that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he he did, he got to do the road. He got to do his hours. Yeah, he got into podcasting at the right time. Like yeah. podcasting, he he's also insightful. I'm uh, obviously you know everyone knows he's my best friend, so right, I fuck yeah. with him a lot. But yeah, he's uh, right now. Tom's going. Uh, I'm not. You're, you're not my best friend. And so, <laughs> but he got into podcasting at the right time. He stuck with his podcast. Yeah. And he got on Netflix before anyone knew what it was, and they were just, and there were only a handful of specials. Yeah. Bill Burr, there was the fucking great ones, and Segura's yeah. just got so much play. And I think now everyone's like, well, Segura got on Netflix, and you're like, well, the other thing is, is they were funny as shit. Right. Like, you know, it's it's like it's like half hours with Dane's half hour. Do yeah. you remember what Dane did? The, is that the one where he was wearing a tank top? And then he tore it off at the end? Yeah, 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 yeah that one. It's That was just... Right time, right place. Yeah. That half hour aired at a time when they didn't have a lot of content, yeah. and they were fucking airing it nonstop. Yeah, and, and like, who's this new young energetic? Comedy guy Central that, yeah. was blowing up. Right, really, it's I, it, all, so much of it is right time, right place. Yeah, if you started like when comedy was at its like lowest point, and then by the time you get to where it starts to boom, and you have years under your belt and experience, when they're like, we got to fill the club, so like. This guy's a monster. Where's he been? And you're like, I've been in the fucking trenches. Yeah. Well, no one gave a shit about comedy. It's a great feeling. Yeah. It's a great feeling when you go and you go to do like Montreal and they put you on like a young people's showcase or something. Yeah. And you've been doing it for 15 years. Right. And you see these kids that have been doing it for three. Yeah. And they're like. And they're shivering. And they're shivering <laughs> and they're, they're looking at their set list. And you're like. <laughs> right. You're looking at your set list. Like I haven't looked at a set list yeah, in 10 years. Well, right. <laughs> I'll tell you what jokes I'm gonna. Like last night. Yeah. Last night we did Ari's thing. And I, someone's like. 
someone comes up to me they're like have you worked this story out on stage and i was like no but i'm a comedian i can figure this out like yeah. i mean this is what, like in my head i'm like this is what we do for a living like <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah I've, i mean I've, I've bounced it around but i part of the fun of that room is fucking not knowing what you're saying yeah and letting it feel genuine if you go up and look like you're doing material you bomb yeah if you're like reciting it there's like Ugh. no fun to the story or whatever. I got lucky too, I think, in the podcasting thing because people, I've had a bunch of really good stories right when people needed content. Yeah. And I got plugged in and I got met up with Rogan, yeah. told the machine story, and then that, like, it's it, that I find all parts of this business interesting. Who are you, and who do you consider in your class when you started? Um, Ari's in there. We start, He started maybe a year or two before me. Um, who else was around when I started? Um, Aaron Cater was around. You remember Brian Keith Etheridge? Uh, who just brought him up last night? I don't know, but he, he's, he's like a writer producer now. He works on like Mike and Molly and like all these shows. Someone just brought him up last night. Yeah, he comes think, in, cause he's still kind of around. I mean, he's no, a great guy. Everyone's I like think, I too. think if I'm not mistaken, I think, um, Bobby Lee told a story about him. Oh, probably. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I can see that. They were like really good friends back yeah. in the day. Before Bobby they, Lee yeah. told a great story about um, him. Bobby, Bobby wasn't in my class. He was like ahead of me, but we became friends like very early on when I was doing the open mic at the store. Yeah, because he used to host it, and he just saw me one day, and he was like, "I was just eighteen year old fucking punk old ass you know? kid. I'm I just turned thirty four like a week or two ago." God damn it, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's you're in a you're in a. A scary in a, place in a sweet spot right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I believe it, man. I oh, I say to everyone, if I was if I was ten years younger, I'd be a billionaire. Wait, how old are you? Forty three. Get the fuck out! Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm forty three. But I started stand up really old. I started at twenty six. Oh yeah, that is a few, probably a few years older than the average. They say the average is like twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, something like that. I started twenty six, and I feel like I feel like it behooved me because I definitely lived a life. Yeah, and so I didn't. I didn't go up like I remember, um, and this is no knock on Dane whatsoever. But I remember watching Dane's material f- and being like, "God, I wish I could write like that." All my stuff was real shit I'd done. Yeah, and I was like, Dane's like talking f- about fantasy stuff, like right. you know, like it was like I, his brain just worked differently than mine. Uh-huh. Same with Louis C.K. I remember watching Louis C.K. early, and I was like, not to draw an obviously a correlation between their acts as if. The internet hasn't done that a million times. Yeah, yeah. But Louis would do like talk about fantasy stuff. Yeah, it was an absurdist. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I wished I could have been like that, but I don't have that brain. I was like, I can tell you about the time I took acid and went to Disneyland, and then yeah, and I was like, but that, no one's doing that. And in my head, I was like, I wish. It, I don't, it was so simple. Now, now I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I wasn't doing shit other people were doing. Right. But at the time, I was like, I was like, I wish I I had no litmus to find out if what I was doing was good. Yeah, because does that make sense? Yeah, there's a grass is always greener look outlook too. You yeah, know, people are like I w- like the the guys that are really good at writing wish they could be physical performers and vice versa. Yeah, but then you just realize that's like a confidence thing too that comes after you've been doing it for a few years. You're like, oh, I'm really good at these two or three or four things that I do, and I'm gonna fucking do the shit out of them and be undeniable. And then every, all the younger people will look at me and be like, I wish I could tell stories like Bert. I wish I could be an absurdist and think like a, Oh, there was yeah. no room for storytelling in New York. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I remember DC Benny and I started a storytelling room uh, on Houston. And I did it one night, the first night we did it. And I was like, oh, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. Like, me, I can't do short form comedy. But, that's, but you had to write like that. You had to like, I mean, it's just like... And I'm, the way I wrote, I think I, I often 
would borrow themes or yeah. energy or from other comics. Yeah. Like I'd, f- I'd be like, oh, this is like, I, I did it with the tell all the time. I've, I've copped to this a million times, but like yeah. I've, I would watch the way he did stand up and I would just be like, so that's after right. Set up punch, set up big punch. Um, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, and that cadence, like yeah. people do it with Brody all the time. Oh, where he's so addictive that. Yes. You know, yes. Go, and there's the hand thing that he does when he, when he says it, you got it. No stuff one's like that. doing what he does. Oh, no one can. But no like, one can. Every once in a while you catch yourself like doing a Brodyism or something yeah. like that. Just because you, cause he's so fun to watch. He hasn't changed it, it all. You know that? Like, I mean, when I first started, he was in New York doing like, we used to this place called Collective Unconscious and Surf yeah. Reality. And he hasn't changed one bit. I mean, his voice, his writing's getting better. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes when he performs and he goes off, I've seen, I've seen, Ari and I watched him destroy at UCB one night. Yeah. Destroy. But his cadence, his personality, yeah. his voice, is he stayed authentic to it his entire career. Yeah, it's crystal I've clear. got a new movie, 10 things you like about me. Yeah. I got 10 things I hate about me. <laughs> I've got hair on my cock. Yeah, yeah. Like, just fucking the greatest. Who did you Who did you like when you first started? Who were you like the guys you'd love to watch write or w- love to watch work? Um, I liked to watch. I didn't get to see him a lot, but when I, when I first was starting, Stan Hope would come to L.A. a little bit more. Yeah. And I loved watching that dude because he's just, I mean... He's so interesting and like on edge all the time, you know. Like he, the topics that he tackled in like long form, it wasn't they weren't one liners about politics or drinking or sex, and you know, um, there were these long detailed bits. And you when you're when you're first starting, you just can't even understand how a comedian can do that. You're just like that's so complicated, and it's like a five minute bit. Like how the fuck do you make that funny? You know? Do you remember when you started and you'd watch people? Do a bit about like Radio Shack. You're like, fuck, I've been Radio Shack. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Radio Shack tomorrow. God I'm going to look man. extra hard at shit. Yeah, what, yeah. How did he see Radio Shack different than I saw Radio yeah, Shack? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys like that were fun to watch. Um, I got to see Mitch Hedberg once before he died. Really? At the improv. I just randomly was because I would make it a, a point to go every Saturday night because there weren't a lot of open mics on Saturdays. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to the improv and watch. Watch the guys. You would be there a handful of times. I saw you. Yeah. Ben Glebe, when he was first starting, would host. It was yeah. like a bit back there and that. And then one night, it was Mitch Hedberg's night. He was closing. He was doing an hour. And I didn't even know. And I just walked in. I was like, oh, Mitch Hedberg. Cool. And that was before it was like he was the legend. And I went in there, and I was just like, how... I remember the takeaway was like the joke writing's amazing, and how the fuck does he remember that many jokes in an yeah, hour? Because yeah. I don't do that style of comedy. So in my head, I'm like, remember 80 one-liners or, or probably more? I st- you know, it's so funny. I couldn't even fathom it. I used to look at that and go, I would get, I would, I would definitely get lost. Oh if, yeah. If I was, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I forget to tell jokes all the time, but like, yeah. I like, I, I, I'm, I'm so stream of consciousness now mm-hmm. that I can't imagine having like a. Like, Dimitri Martin was the same way. I'd be like, how does he remember that long lineup? Yeah. I'd be like, I'd get fucking... I'd be telling jokes twice. Oh, yeah. All Forgetting the time. a whole like, section. Now, was this the time when, like, Mitch had, like, painted nails and the glasses on? Definitely the glasses. The glasses. I don't know about the nails, but he was... De- I mean, he, like, the guy didn't look up once. One time. Yeah. I saw but he that. was like, it was cool to see that. Rogan, I'd always like to watch... 
just because his style was so conversational but like yeah. he, the, he was so conceptual about the material you know back when he was talking a lot about aliens and pyramids and and how dumb humans are and what if like all the power went out and like he would just he would did a, he did a really good job of painting a picture and just guiding you through and a lot of it were premises that weren't really based in reality you know it was just like what about this possible future or what about this possible past like what if aliens did build the pyramids or what if all the power went out i don't know how to build a battery or do all this stuff and you're like yeah that's an interesting outlook and the way he would guide you through and be funny the entire way i was like that's how i wanted that's like how i want to do comedy that bill hicks approach was similar kinnison you know where you were just and not necessarily like angry and railing against the system, which Joe didn't do a lot of, but yeah. just being conceptual and like presenting ideas and making those funny as opposed to just like a series of one-liners, which were really popular back in like the mid-2000s. Really popular. You know, with like the guys like Zach and all those guys. And they did it extremely well, but it just wasn't my thing. I loved watching it, but... I loved watching it too. I just yeah. couldn't... I was never good at it either. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to be that way, but I, I think it's a lot of it is the way people see you. Yeah, and you know, you know who used to do a lot of one. I don't know if he still does, but he did a story last night that destroyed. Was Nick Thune? Yeah, he transitioned from one liners to stories, and he's fucking so. We did a UCB show together like a year or so ago, and he went up and I hadn't seen him in a while, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see all his new jokes. And it was just two stories, and they were so fucking great because he's a charming, charismatic dude, and he's and his his pacing is really oh, great. Yeah, like he really like I. I said to him, I don't know if I, I said it enough last night, but I was like, dude, you did a fantastic job. Yeah. His story was so, like, he, oh, he was, I, I was really, everyone that was on that show that was just fucking murderous. Tonight, fucking, they have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brian, um, the Brian, the biggest comic in the world, Brian. B- Brian something. Brian Regan. Oh, Regan. No way. Yeah, he's oh, doing a story. Cool. Dude, I met him in Denver. The nicest human in the world. Right? I was opening for Bobby Lee, and we were at Comedy Works, and show finishes, we're upstairs just talking to the crowd and whatever, and then some employee comes up, and he goes, because we knew he was back there. He was in town playing Red Rocks the next night, and then he just wanted to come watch comedy. We're like, who does that? You know? (sighs) So he's hanging out, and then an employee comes up and goes, hey, uh... If you're not busy, Brian Regan wants to meet you. I'm like, I'm no longer busy. Like, I was talking to six people. I'm like, these people are no longer here. Like, what do you need? <laughs> and then he brings me down. And he's just, like, hanging out with, like, his his road manager and some other dude. And uh, and he goes, hi. It's a it's a pleasure to meet you. You're very funny tonight. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're t- I felt like an open micer again. Like, he was just like, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're really good. He was asking me about the material I was doing. And I'm like, this... Is this really happening right now he, with this guy? He, oh, thank you, babe. It was so cool. Um, he uh, couldn't. I mean, it couldn't have been. We saw him in the airport the next morning, and he's waving. Where are you guys headed? We're like, home. Can you be my father? You're the <laughs> coolest. He. Uh, it was the best. Him and uh, we were in. I was in Des Moines, mm. and I get a text from Pete Corielli, mm. and he's like, "Are you partying tonight?" And I was like, I wrote back. I go, are "You in Des Moines?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah." I'm partying was, now. And I was like, I am now. And he was like, cool. Uh, is it okay if I bring Brian Regan? And I went, are you fucking kidding me? And so they came by. They came by the Des Moines Funny Bone. I yeah. just got done doing the show. They roll up in Brian's tour bus and fucking just start shooting tequila, Fuck drinking yeah. beer. And I and I'm I like I was like I was like, hey man, 
gotta give me two seconds to geek out on you. Yeah. Like I was like, fucking one of my favorite moments ever is me and my dad were listening to XM comedy. Your album came on and I just was laughing top to bottom with my dad. And it's really cool that I got to share that with my dad because yeah. we couldn't listen to Attell or anything. Right, right. But like to be able to laugh with my dad, it was really great. And he was like, like real heartfelt. Accept- Thank you, man. Like normally I go, oh, that's great to hear. Like that's my, like if someone said that, I go, oh, that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I'd brush it off. And then we hung out all night and he was like, that's so cool. Oh, he's the best, man. He's the fucking best. I listened to him the other day with my kids. Yeah. I put him on, on with my kids. My kids are laughing their tits off. That's great. And I'm like, this is fucking great. That's great. He's a rare case, man, where he's just like been touring relentlessly for 20 something years. Yeah. And he's squeaky clean. Everyone loves him. I've never heard one bad thing about him ever. I know. Ever. He did, by the way, a little footnote that 30 minute live. Uh, 30 minute Comic Central presents that Dane did. Yeah. He did the same night. Really? Yeah, I watched him and Dane both do theirs. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, it's so crazy. Like, I mean, I I wonder if there's anyone that did one. You always look at that, like those young comedian specials. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Dice, Sam Kinison, Roseanne. Yeah. And then Bill Johnson. Yeah, and who's this guy? Random dude. Guy smoked cigars. <laughs> yeah. Like that and was he was a- never heard from again. Yeah. It's I, like in, in WWE where like there'll be like the heavyweight like contenders you know that have like cool names and awesome outfits and then they're fighting like bill bradley and he's yeah. just some guy with black shorts <laughs> what is, like, do you follow do you follow wrestling no i used to when i was younger oh, but i'm if, like sort of getting back into it because it's so popular now it's all right it's I, weird how it, it's kind of it a nostalgia that, thing it stinks that cm punk is out of it right when i start watching it right yeah because like apparently he was just the most enigmatic is that the right word enigmatic the, um I don't know because I don't know too much about him, but it could be a word. To like, describe. yeah, yeah, he's just the most fascinating guy. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, and and uh, and now he's just retired from wrestling. Yeah, and with no, and then they were like, he's going to join the UFC. Was a rumor. It's gonna I'm be like, tough. why? Yeah, it would be. Maybe. It, let me tell you something. If he wins, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. If he could, if he could get to the place where he could win, oh, that would be fun to watch. Because I mean, like, do you think Conor McGregor's fun, dude? Yeah. CM Punk. CM Punk has only been focusing on the showmanship. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole, the his whole, whole career has yeah. just been on the thing we like Conor McGregor for. Right, right, like, right. He would make Conor McGregor look like fucking yeah. like, like a sausage salesman. On like a dude in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's all showmanship and character and stuff. And it's – I mean I, I grew up watching a lot of wrestling. So like it's more fun than the UFC to me because a lot of UFC – if you don't like – People that know the moves are like, oh, he's got him in a arm bar, rear naked, reverse, whatever. I'm like, dude, I don't even see that right now. Yeah. But to them, it's the most exciting thing. And that's like a minute of the whole fight. But wrestling is over the top. The, they, they're lowering a cage that you can't escape from. There's like a straightjacket. They're doing pump. moves that like – Yeah. Like if you said There's to folding UFC, chairs everywhere. you can throw a guy 40 feet off the top of a fucking ring onto a table. Oh, yeah. Like if you – I'd be like, "What's the monthly package I have to order?" Because I'm watching it every day. <laughs> if they if they did UFC in a steel cage, yeah, and like you could scrape the person's face. That was what it started off as. Yeah, like you do. You create no rules. You're yeah. probably too young. Because when I was 22, 23, uh-huh. 24, UFC was um, Tank Abbott. It was illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. Watch it anywhere. And we had a we had stolen cable. So we yeah. got every UFC match ever. Oh, cool. And we just, every Saturday, Friday night, we'd watch them. And you just and you just knew nothing. There was no internet. Like, there was no internet. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, this guy's good. He's uh, he's jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, his dad's dad 
created jujitsu, and you're like, what? I mean, it was uh, it was really fascinating. I was I was I, I I say this so much lately. I don't know why, but like, I feel like life experiences have changed so drastically in just a ten year gap of living a life. Yeah, like in, you, as in people aren't having life experiences. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe, maybe that. Not really. That's not what I was thinking. But like, so like, you're 34, right? Yeah. Like, do you remember going to school without the internet? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I my my generation because I'm like I was born in '82, so I'm like the earliest end of millennials. So I had. So you're it. my sister's age. Okay. So yeah. So you are. So you definitely went to college, and email was showing up when you got to college. Yeah, like some people had internet, but it was like the slow dial-up stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't like universal because it was computers were expensive and internet was. So it's like the families with money, and then you went to their house, and then they had check out this fucking porn. Vi- they yeah. would take like four minutes to download a, like a picture. Yeah. It was that. That was a real normal thing back so, then. So and you must have been. I was. How like, were you when you got your first cell phone? Uh, eighteen. So the year two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I got mine in. I got mine probably in ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, because we. It, it was like a. It was considered a luxury. Yeah. And it was like my parents were like, "We're not fucking getting. What do you need a phone for? What do your parents do? My dad owns like a marble granite like business. Oh really? Yeah. Did you ever think about doing that? I did when he told me I had to repeatedly my whole life until I was going to do comedy. You're getting into the family business. You're doing every summer. We had to fucking do that shit. We're carrying sacks of fucking cement and pallets of shit of uh, of like marble and granite and learning how to like lay top. Like he, we're a blue collar family. Like he yeah. made us learn how to work, and this is what money means, and this is how you earn it. Do you have brothers? My brothers in the family business. You have one younger brother. Really? So yeah, he does that, and then I went into the arts, <laughs> where they're like, "What the you pussy?" <laughs> what was it like? How did you did you get immediately into comedy? Or did you go to like art school or? No, I went right in. Like I I I knew I wanted to do it from age like fourteen. Really? Like that. Yeah, I saw it on TV at my friend's house. I didn't have cable. He did, and he's like, "Dude, come over. I have all these channels now." And we're, it was like this new awesome thing for us. And we're flipping through, and he's like, I found this show where there's all these comedians. Like, these guys just, like, stand on stage and are hilarious. I'm like, oh, okay. And he flips to it, and it was an old, like a rerun of Evening at the Improv. And I'd never heard of the improv. I never knew you could, like, stand on stage and do comedy. Like, my parents yeah. didn't have comedy records. They didn't know who George Carlin was. Were your parents first generation? Yeah, yeah. They moved here from Lebanon. Really? Yeah, in eighty like one or two or no eighty uh, four. So that, this is yeah. gonna sound silly, but like, does that mean that you always had Lebanese food? Oh yeah, dude, I had it two days ago. Like they live in L.A. I go to their house once a week. Like they don't, they don't like they 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 never made like French fries and burgers. No, they do that like sometimes. Yeah. Like they'll make like they'll mix American food with it. You know? Really? So like my uncle married uh, a woman. This is like, many years ago. So she's Mexican. And then they started incorporating like some of their food with Lebanese food. So like there's – you could have – there's a, a meat patty called kefta in, in Lebanese food. And you could put it in on kebabs. It's like that meat that you use on kebabs. You could shape it into a patty. So they combine that with – it's served with rice usually. So they combine that with fajitas and made like this hybrid dish so it's like those meat patties with rice and then bell peppers and like spicy sauce oh, fuck it's yes. fucking the, one of the best things i've ever eaten in my life 
And it was like this hybrid dish created. So now there's always that, and then there's guacamole next to hummus and all these other guacamole belongs right next to hummus. Oh yeah, for sure. I now agree. that I think about it, yeah, yeah. they're two awesome dipping. Someone, dipping do, do you know what I had the other day? I had um, chick pea ob- guacamole. Whoa! Yeah, is that it? Yeah, chickpea guacamole. So it's just like a hybrid of the two. It was so fucking good. I was in Orlando Whoa. of all places. Well, it's weird that they would have it there. I know it was at well. It's even weirder. It was at Universal Studios. That is even weirder. <laughs> yeah, you don't expect them to take big swings. Bizarre. Yeah. So and it was, it's like Florida never does anything right, and yeah. that's like a really right thing to do. Do you know what they like, had? Do you know what they had when I was in high school when I was eighteen? I remember this so vividly. Yeah. First time I ever saw stand up. Ever, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd seen, I'd, I'd listened to Sam Kinison uh, on it with Brian Callahan in the back of a bus trip going to ice skating. Yeah, <laughs> I had heard Dice, you know, when I was in high school. But yeah. senior year, my 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 junior year, uh, for New Year's Eve, Chris Roberts, Bill Sansoni, me, and maybe like Cayman and Alan Rieger. We all and a bunch of girls went to yeah. a hotel out by Bush Gardens. Yeah, like fucking just in the middle, like in the middle of nowhere, Tampa yeah. for us, and got a hotel room. And Chris Roberts played Comedy Central all night long, and they had just had wow. they had comic after comic after comic after comic. And I remember thinking the reboot, the the idea that if you didn't like that, there's a new joke coming, uh-huh. there's a new comic coming, the reboot of it yeah. constantly was so great. I think we saw Bill Hicks on that and wow. my and my buddies they were like quoting these guys to me and I just was like fucking blown away. And yeah. I was like that's badass. It was a new yeah, I didn't know you could do that. And so we watched the show and and it's just like that the the image of a guy on stage being funny just was like burned into my corny i just like couldn't get it out and i was just like that's such a fascinating thing and then like a year later maybe it was in teenage time so it could have been like four weeks but like it was like a while later (laughs) i'm watching like (laughs) i'm watching mtv and they were doing comedy it was like mtv summer series when they had all this crazy summer shit on the beach and then there was stand-up on that show and it was jeff ross before i even knew it was just my first time seeing jeff ross and I was like, you can do this at the beach? I'm like, I'm in. Like, I got to do – this is what I got to do with my life. Dude, I there was a period where I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to be a stand-up or I just wanted to be an MTV VJ. Yeah. Like, because that life looked so <laughs> oh, good. Oh, for sure, right? Oh, God. Until Jesse Camp came in and you're like, what's this fucking uh, asshole? I went in and auditioned for that season of Want to Be a VJ. You? My dad called me up and he goes, uh, they're doing this casting call for Want to Be a VJ – down in uh, oh you would have killed it so fucking hard and they gave it to him and i said i said dad that's not how the business works he goes buddy you don't know how the business fucking works (laughs) he goes you go down and you wait in line he's like you wait in line and you audition yeah and he goes you'll learn something it'll be a good life experience and i went down i waited in line i did my i did my audition and i did my audition really well but they didn't pick me and then and I, you know what's so funny is I didn't tell them that I had been written up in Rolling Stone magazine. So I was like, I want to earn this on my own. Yeah. And I should have. I really should have. That's the thing you learned. Dave Holmes is still working to this day. Yeah, he is. I remember Dave Holmes got it. And they were like, this kid, Jesse's so good. I just yeah. saw a video of Jesse partying with someone the other day. Yeah, he's making this weird comeback or trying to like he's been popping up in things. Yeah. I saw him at the Laugh Factory last year. Really? Like hanging out with a couple rock stars. 
guys that were like there for the show. And he was like around and people were taking pictures with him and shit. I was like, that guy's still... Because you haven't heard anything for 15 years. And then now he's like, hey! You that, wonder what yeah, the fuck happened. Whatever. That is... He'd be an interesting podcast. If you could get him to be not on... Yeah, to like, talk about like his actual... It's the hard thing with some people. It's like, it's like you don't want them to... like The character... I, I did a podcast with someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, I was like, oh, I hope... I can get this person to just be themselves. Yeah. Like uh, like Riff Raff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't like one of the things I love this show called uh Hot Ones. Have you seen it? No. It's um it's on First We Feast's YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's just them eating hot wings. You eat ten <laughs> hot wings yeah. and they get progressively hotter oh, and they ask great. you questions. But the great thing is, uh the wings are so hot that whatever persona you carry with you disappears because you're going huh. like you're just <laughs> human shit. you're just yeah. human you can't help it yeah and riffraff riffraff was like hey man i'm gonna have to take my jacket off <laughs> <laughs> he like yeah. he lost the, he lost all of it like, yeah, he was he's like, like hey man my identity's a lie this <laughs> is not who i am <laughs> well no what's funny is that you saw how much of his identity was true you were oh, like, really? oh yeah, because he—that's really his accent. Like, that's wow. really his accent. And but but like he stopped rhyming things. Like, and it was just—it <laughs> was so good. Yeah. And he was like, that's a was, great. You should get guys like Marilyn Manson in there. Like all these dude, people, Eminem. You I know? I reached out to them and was like, hey, just giving you a heads up. I would love to do your show. Yeah. And they reached back and they're like, Can you, I was supposed to do it tomorrow. And then I was like, and then I I can't because I gotta, I'm going to do. Uh, uh, St. Louis this weekend, and okay. then Doug loves. I'm doing. Oh, I shouldn't say it. Oh, I can say it. I'm doing Doug loves movies tomorrow night. Oh, so, nice. And I, I, I've bailed on Doug a lot. Oh, really? Was, yeah. And I feel like that's it's not cool because it's St. Louis, right? And he had kind of booked it around me being there, and then if I just don't show up, I feel like it's a dick move. But, um, but I told them I said to the first few feast guys, I go, I will fly myself to New York to do it. Yeah. They film in New York, uh-huh. and they're like, uh, thank you. Wow, because cool. they don't pay anything, but it's so it's so good tj miller does it and and has a spiritual effect on him like you see him go like into a fucking place yeah it's it's so good he's a perfect guy to do that show i told i told key and peel do it and Mm -hmm. i said to i was talking to uh eric abrams last night and i go i go the best is i go the lighter one but the heavier one Mm -hmm. and then and Eric goes, uh, the heavier one's the darker one. <laughs> and I go, oh, well, that one. You're like, don't tell anyone I said that. I don't know which one's which, but that one yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. It's just, fuck, he goes into a place where he's going like this. <sighs> That's <sighs> Oh, it's such a good I gotta, show. I got to watch these. I was, uh, yeah. I'm, I, it, inter- That's why I say, like, I don't know. Like, do you do much with the YouTube channel? I never did. No, I never you did. To, any... man. You got to. I know. You really have to. I really believe that. It, that I believe it's so easy to make your own sizzle reels these days. Yeah. Like I, like I said, this. I feel like this is a generational podcast. But like <laughs> when I started, one of the lucky things about me is that technology arrived just at the time I got into the business. They Canon yeah. came out with this camera called the the GL2 and the XL1. Yeah. And those cameras made uh made shooting television immediately cheaper yeah. like like a hundred thousand dollars cheaper wow so you could shoot pilots for nothing so like i got like someone i remember someone going uh like i, I was 
telling someone, yeah, I'm shooting a pilot. And they go, how did you get a pilot? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. They needed someone. Yeah, they called me and they yeah. can you do it? And I was like, yeah. And so I ended up shooting probably 40 pilots Whoa. in my life. It, it sounds like a lot. Yeah. But it's just because of this these, this this camera. And then yeah. Sony came out with like an equivalent. And and it just was, I was in a group of people that could make their own content. Yeah. And, and I'd done some stuff where it was like anything man on the street. They're like, why don't I just get a buy a fucking GL2. I bought my own GL2 to make my own pilots. Yeah. Buy a GL2 and a fucking boom mic yeah. and shoot hurt Bert. And, and call a friend and be like, hold this mic. Yeah. And the technology now is at a place where like, I've said this to everyone. I Bert Inc., my production company, this uh-huh. is all my fucking gear in this. Really? I, I do a podcast. Yeah. I do a vlog. I bought another camera. It's inside right now. What's the I, camera for the vlog? It's uh, It's this. It's a Canon G7X. It's fucking fantastic. Really? This camera is... It shoots like HD video? Fantastic. Wow. I just bought a camera the other day. I wish I had it in here. Wow. Um, I bought a Canon... Um, or I think it was a Sony, rather. I, I bought a Sony uh, camcorder. Because yeah. I want... The, pro- the problem with this camera is the battery doesn't last a lot, very long. It lasts right. like an hour. If that, but I want to film my live shows. I want to film every one of my live shows. Yeah. I want to document all my live shows. Catalog all that Cause stuff. Because yeah. I, I realized in doing this last hour that that is so fucking handy yeah. to go back and look exactly how a joke works right. and then present it that way again. Yeah. Um, so po- visually, because sometimes you're like, how, where was I? I'll watch videos sometimes, and I go, I was looking down at the front row yeah. when I was saying this, and it like it makes you look like your eyes are closed, or like, how was I, like, what were my hand movements or something? Yeah. Like, and yeah, it is. I mean, it's cheaper than ever to do that shit. And I get uh, the only thing that's expensive is storing data, storing, storing like, oh yeah, footage Huge files. Yeah, because yeah. You, I, I end up buying these these uh, Lacy is the, the brand name. These oh. Lacy um, external hard drives. Yeah, external hard drives. And I just yeah. put all my shows on one. But 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 I I mean, like I would be doing if I if, I mean I say if I were you I should be doing it too. Yeah. Sometimes I feel nerdy because I'm like 43 and I'm doing it. I'm doing a vlog. But that's like that's the nature of the business now. And I hate using that phrase, but that's the nature of the business. It's like it's way more do it yourself than it's ever been. Yeah. And like now, if you go in to meet with anyone for anything, they want to know they they're like, what have you created and what are a bunch of finished products you already have? You you need to have a body of work. You need yeah. to have like a list of things you want to do. And then like I'm watching Kimberly Congdon. Yeah. Kimberly Congdon, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. And uh, a girl named Sarah, I think yeah. as well. They have this uh this little web series they're doing where they play uh two sisters. Yeah. I think I just watched like four of them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's the greatest content in the world. Yeah. It's great. Out of the four, I laughed a handful of times. Yeah, but, but it's but content in my head. I'm going. I'm going back to be a show. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're learning how to make something funny. I, be, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm shitting on it, but it was like yeah. like they're short. They're like a minute thirty, mm-hmm. and you get a couple laughs out of it. Yeah. And I go and they're learning how to make content. The hardest thing in the world to do in this business is write something on paper, have them film it, and have it actually be funny. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh There's man, a that huge is huge gap between. There is such a big yeah. gap. It, Idea that is, and execution for sure. And that's why I feel, I feel like I've landed in this hosted reality space because mm-hmm. I can be funny in front of. I can make the people holding the cameras laugh. Yeah. And if you can make those people laugh, then the people oh, yeah, yeah. watching are laughing. But yeah, you should be doing. Oh, I mean, it's like so much shit. I wish all things comedy. Maybe I'll talk to Bill and Al about this. But I feel like all things comedy should have a production side mm-hmm. where it's almost like 
sign up and then you can shoot some stuff. Yeah, like green screen. Yeah, exactly. And in our, in, our, in our offices, put a green screen in there yeah. so that we can do That's our usually own. the hardest part is having the access to that equipment to shoot something. I'm doing it. I'm going to call Al right now. <laughs> On the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking... Yeah. The last time I saw Al, I was fucking hammered, which, by the way, is starting to happen to be my log line for everyone I'm seeing these days. Yeah, last time but, I saw you, I was wasted. Oh, fucking... What a great excuse, though, if you ever do anything, like, ridiculous or dumb. I'm gonna, You know what I'll do? I'm just going to... I'm going to buy the green screen stuff, and I'll just put it in there. Yeah. And then bring my camera, and I'm going to shoot a project for all things comedy with all our talent. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to... And it's going to be... Hey, what's up? What's up, buddy? Are you busy? I'm in a meet and greet at a digital summit in Atlanta. Jesus uh, Christ. What? I'm doing a podcast with Nick Youssef. And we were <laughs> we were talking about all things comedy. I'll call you later. I'll, I'll call you later, okay? Yeah, yeah, but uh, exciting shit happened with that. That's actually what I was just talking about right now. Uh, hold on. Hold on. You're on, You're, on You're on the podcast. You're on the podcast. Wait till I tell you. You're going to go nuts. And I want you to help me. Okay. <laughs> He's just rolling. That's that's fantastic. All right, let's talk. I'll uh, all right. I'll talk to you later, man. Oh, that that almost became a very litigious call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! And okay, here's well, the biggest secret of all. That was the, <laughs> like Al Madrigal's the best. Yeah, uh, Al, Al's fucking. He's a burner. He's the man. hardest work. It's like that guy sleeps forty minutes a night. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Yeah, he's got like a family and like multiple career arcs going at the same time. It's like, when does that dude sleep? He just is a bit, he just, you know, man, I've seen him, and this, I hope this sounds like a compliment, Mm -hmm. but like, I've seen him go out, party, get fucked up, be up at 6 a.m., fucking emails out, fucking, oh yeah, I got a meeting at 8, I'm going to go buy Natasha Leggero a car. Like, fuck, like, I think that, or Chelsea Peretti, I'm going to go buy Chelsea Peretti yeah. a car. Yeah. Like, just the fucking craziest. Then takes his great dad. Yeah. His wife is gorgeous. Yeah. And super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I look at my shitty life and I'm like, fuck it. Dude, you got, the, the, you got a good life, man. When the I was like, man, I, was, pretty fucking I was waiting to, to come in. I was like, this is a house. This is a real, you live in a home. Someone said that to me the other day and I was like. It's just such a, like, you don't, you know, most of my friends, we all live in fucking apartments. Yeah, like I this shit. I went to the Sports Chalet is closing, and they have these having these crazy sales. They're Where getting, which Sports Chalet? They're the original one in La Cunada. Seriously? So, oh, it's yeah, massive, massive location, and they're just getting rid of everything. Everything's like sixty percent off. So anything outdoors sports related is like dirt cheap. Fucking, I'm running over there, and I see a giant basketball hoop. Was ones that you fill with water, and yeah. you know, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I want that, right? It was like seventy percent off, and I was like, I want that. And then I'm like, where am I gonna fucking put it? <laughs> In the driveway to my apartment building? Cars are hunked the fuck out of the way. In my apartment, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> On the street. So then, so then I come here. I'm like, this is a home. Like this is where you put a fucking basketball hoop. You could park a car in a driveway. You could like yeah. throw a football around. You could have a fucking man cave and all this shit. Then, but then, then uh, it's interesting. Uh, I liked living in an apartment, yeah, almost more because really? I really, yeah. We, my oh, fear is my my fear has always been like I don't know, especially when you get older. And I like I keep saying I'm older. I'm not old, but like yeah, but like you look at like so many guys that didn't make it, yeah, or, or like so many guys that 
had a good year and then or had a show and, and then it went away <laughs> and then and then and they went out and spent the money and then lost it and i've always been like keep it l- as low as your oh, keep yeah. your overhead super fucking low right like i remember i was i'd look at guys like uh like i saw seth green one time was driving a fucking honda civic yeah and i was like god damn it that guy's doing it right yeah like uh elliot gould and i went to dinner one night and he drove like the cheapest like a bicycle the cheapest <laughs> cherokee you could buy right like the the sport the yeah. Cherokee Sport with no rims. Wow! And I just was like, and I, I think I've always, I've always had that mentality a little bit. And I was terrified to get into this house. I was like, like we had, a, we had a great apartment. I just talked to Danish and O'Neill about this. Yeah, I, we used to have an amazing fucking apartment. It was yeah. a loft with forty foot stories. Oh, cool! In Hollywood, overlooking the Hollywood Hills. Nice. And it was just gorgeous. Two bedroom, uh-huh. open air plan, like deck. Yeah, so great. And it was free. It was totally free. Free? Yeah, my wife worked for the building, so we got it for free. Fuck yeah! And I was like, and I was making twelve hundred bucks a, a week on the road. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is the deal. I'm fucking. I can always make twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. And I was like, I can. We can get by. We don't have like great stuff, but we can have a, one nice car. Yeah. And and then and then uh, and then I started working for Travel Channel. My wife's like. We need to buy a house because it was, and I, and this is one of those things, right place, right time, right. Two thousand eight, and my wife's yeah. like, we need to buy a house right fucking now. Oh yeah, when houses are practically free, and we got this yeah. house for nothing. And but adversely, you walked through it. It's like we've been really slow to add on or to upgrade it because in my head, I just it's like you, I don't, I I don't want to get caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, but we're we're renovating. What's great is you have all the time in the world. It's your house. Yeah, like you don't need to do it all in a year. You could do over a decade. You could be like, we're going to add this and that, a second story, another man cave on top of the man cave. You know? they, they talked about that. They were like, would you do a second story on this? So yeah. when we're renovating like a spiral it, spiral staircase that leads. I was like, oh, that would be so fucking. Yeah, it's just like a log cabin, dude. It's fucking it's, awesome this is, in here. This is the greatest thing. This is the reason that we won't leave this house. Oh yeah, because the and the other thing is I don't understand. Like I don't. There's certain things I don't understand a business. So I'm like, okay, so. We bought this house for X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, you can find it online. But like, yeah. we, I mean, <laughs> you can, we've bought it for X amount of dollars. It's yeah. increased by by uh, probably double in price. Yeah. But great. if we sold this for that price, then we could only buy this exact kind of house again. Oh, right. Like, yeah. That's what sucks is you're that's like, hilarious. yeah, we got a lot of money in this, but what good is that to us? Yeah. Cause you end up getting a house that's not as cool as this. Yeah. yeah and I'm so like, fuck well that. Stay. And, and so we're like, we'll just add on and yeah, put a master bedroom in and kind of fucking make the back a little better. I but feel yeah. like that kind of thing. Like I get the, the, the fear where you're like, can I hold on to it? Like, am I going to keep working? But I think that that, keeps your ass in gear it keeps you working you'll never be content or start to get lazy you got a family got like a mortgage you have because steve byrne i think said that a while back where he was like getting married and having a kid made me oh keep like work extra hard because he's like well i got a wife and kid to support so i'm creating a tv show now and i'm gonna get it made let me uh i will tell you that is the one thing i will say is like if you can't if you can't find that extra oomph to 
to bust your ass and work twice as hard as you've ever worked. Go knock after having a up. kid. You got to stop. Oh, yeah, no. I, <laughs> once you get it, once you knock a woman up, yeah, you're, you're going to be successful, dude. <laughs> you're, you won't be successful, but you're going to be working. Like, yeah. like, because the second done, I'm going to go blow a load in a girl. <laughs> it's all no it takes. Condom. It's just yeah. take a Xanax. Find out her name after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your name? All right, because I'm going to start working way more, and we're going to have this baby. The uh, it's the fucking. I mean. I look at my schedule now. My schedule is over fucking whelming. It's like great. we're going through, we're looking at the season tickets for the Rams. Yeah. And she's like, you need to cancel some of these weekends so you can. But I, I don't work on Sundays. Uh-huh. So Joey Diaz, law of fucking stand up comedy. Dude, I just adopted that. Like, I didn't even know he had. I got to talk to him about that. Joey Diaz is the first, first thing he said, dog, you're fucking cutting your Sundays. And I yeah. was like, why? He goes, Sunday, you need to be home with your family. You need to be home with your family on Sunday. Yeah. You need to be there, have dinner with your family, start your week Monday morning fresh. Yeah. And that's Joey's. Sundays are for like, yeah, you, you. it's to recenter. Like, I don't have a family. Yeah. I mean, I go visit my family, though. Like, my, yeah. my parents and stuff. It's that's the thing I do. It's so great to recenter your fucking. Yeah. You just, like, chill out. Because you can't. This is one of those careers that is 24 hours a day. Like, there's no break. Joey you, Diaz. And Joey Diaz will not. Like, the, I was talking to someone. And they're like, yeah, we, we. I wish we could get you and Joey Diaz to start doing your Sundays. You guys would make more money. And I was like, what? And they're like, Joey will not budge. And Joey's selling out everywhere he goes. Yeah, he will not budge. He's like, That's fuck cool. it. He's he's working hard as shit, man. Yeah, he's fucking impressive. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's the truth, man. As soon as you have a family, like I work, I was told my wife, I was like, I can't cut these weekends. Who? How do you think we're paying for these fucking tickets? <laughs> right. Like I, 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 so I fly out. I fly out. Every morning, Sunday morning at the first crack of dawn to try to make it to these games. Yeah, this year we'll see how that works. That's awesome. But um, I but really yeah, want to go to a Rams game. Oh, I, I, you know what I was saying? This is about this is what I was. One of the things I want to talk to Al and Bill about, but like, mm. I was like, me, Al, and Bill, and fucking someone else should buy just cheap seat fucking season tickets for all things comedy, yeah. and just let everyone in the company use them for whenever they want. Like, you yeah. know, like just put them out there and go, hey, there's a sign up list. Yeah. If you want the tickets, it's fucking nosebleed, but it'll be a blast. You go to the Rams game, yeah. tailgate. I'll be tailgating every weekend. Yeah. You know, Bill will be tailgating. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, you're going to fucking find oh, someone man. great to tailgate. Of course. It'd be and so fun. It's like, and we were saying, it's 300 bucks yeah. for fucking season tickets for it's cheap so nosebleeds. Good. That's so good. So, like, and then my wife goes, why the fuck would you buy those? I go, because if I was a young comic and someone said, Hey man, do you want to? When I was a young comic, someone said, hey, "You want to go to Lakers game?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. And they were like, "Well, the tickets aren't the best." I go, "I don't give a fuck. I'm going to a Lakers game." Yeah, it's about the the whole experience. It's about let's yeah. like for football or whatever. Let's like let's tailgate. Let's bond with a friend, you know, and have yeah. a good time, drink some beers, eat it's some. It's all food. about it's all about the tailgate. Yeah, you're only watching half the game anyway. Bill when you're... Burr's gonna have the best goddamn tailgates in the oh, world. Yeah, for sure. I, I can guarantee you. Yeah, that's because he loves this shit. Yeah, and we just got to get him to fucking have a TV show in the city so we can all go to his tailgate. I know, <laughs> guys. Everyone, focus on Bill Burr's career for a second. Yeah, yeah. Start sending emails and tweets. Do you, do you spend a lot of time watching shit online? Um, watching like what? T- like just the YouTube and shit. Um, I I used to more, but I had to get my I had to wean myself off of like just going down the internet k holes and like and then going oh fuck it's now four thirty in the morning, dude. 
It's not healthy. I, I, I talked to my therapist about it. I go, it's a form of addiction. Oh, for sure. Like when you get on Facebook and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling yeah. and scrolling. And next thing you know, you're fucking 13 weeks away from the day you started scrolling. I know, I know. And you're like, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. He got bit by a spider. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm watching him lose his leg. <laughs> like- <laughs> I remember once I was like going to go meet up with a friend to for like eat dinner, get some drinks, whatever. And I had like an hour and a half and I was like, oh, I'll go write for a little bit. And then I sat down on the couch, took my phone out, opened Facebook and 70 of the 90 minutes had passed the next time I looked at the time. Like I just opened my phone. I was like, oh, Facebook. And then I looked at the top of the screen and I was like, I'm going to be late to dinner. Yeah. And then I looked at it like how many times a fucking day do I do that? Dude, I And then how many hours a week? And then I'm like, how many of those hours could I spend doing something productive? And then I was like, no more. No more of this That's shit. That's the way you got to live it. Uh, right now, Snapchat's my addiction. Yeah, I'm 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 starting to get hooked on it. Ooh. I'm, I'll give I'm, you some really good ones. Fatboy Ferrari? Oh, no, what's that? Rick Ross. Rick Ross, oh, DJ good. Khalid's pretty fun. I started fun. following him. He's, He's pretty so fun. bizarre. Yeah, He's, uh, he, it, everything's a key. Everything. Like, they don't want you to. You're like, who are they? Like, but you uh, keep. You want to talk about going down a fucking K hole? <laughs> Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, this is the guy you got to follow. Hang on, I'm gonna find this so that I can share this with everyone because this is even better. Uh, what's his name? H three H three Productions. And he's like. He's so, kind of like Khaled or however you say it. DJ Khaled? Khaled? No, oh, this guy's so fucking funny. No, he does. He does. Um, <laughs> he does H3H3. Uh, he does an, a reaction video to DJ Khaled that is so fucking funny. <laughs> DJ it is so fucking funny. Where is it? Oh, fuck. And, well, not like I can play this whole thing. But basically, he does a reaction <laughs> video to DJ Khaled yeah. having, uh, celebrating holding down. Just take a look at this for a little bit. So it's, he's clearly a millennial from Brooklyn. Clearly. Because he's, he's shooting in, in what we, I actually called video camera mode. That was like a real thing for me. Yeah. But 90s camcorder. But it's him watching DJ Khaled and being just cynical about. Here, I'll see if I can go big screen. (laughs) I just love the way this guy talks. Excited by this music here, guys. Get me pumped up, dude. Woo! Woo! Wow. Pouring it underwater. Fulfilling his gay fantasies. Taking a freaking giant bottle of cum to his face. Enjoy this, my friend. Ooh, that looked painful. Whoa! The fuck? What just happened? You smart Oh my god! I can't tell if he's doing a parody of himself. I just got blown away a little bit. I wasn't ready for that. Just look at that. Is that a real he's sex tape? God damn, he's got just one big fold there between his body. Holy smokes, man. I feel bad for that girl. It does not look like she's having a good time. She's just getting freaking 
Pounded, dude. <laughs> You're smart. You're loyal. You're a genius. I love you. Let's have tender lovemaking. Sound you bitch, bigot! <sighs> Wait, my favorite part's coming up. Hold on. I gotta show you my favorite part. Hold on. DJ Khaled's in the shower naked, and he's got his best man, the director, Evan, behind the camera. Oh my god. Told you he was a fuckboy. Evan, <laughs> shout out to Ivan, who just got the fucking show of a lifetime, man. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> I love this. I, I, it's, it's his, so he just watches. It's, his he videos just watches and his videos and just shits on them. And I yeah. ended up watching like five of his videos. And then in my head, I'm like, so that's what, the point I make to you, where I go, yeah, like, like I'm fucking. There's so much shit out there you could like critique. Like yeah. I was like, a part of me wanted to critique a long time ago. I wanted to critique poorly made reality shows, where, and call them out on their lies. Because there's yeah. so much shit where you go, that's not real. Yeah, that's that not was real. staged. That yeah, was that's edited. totally staged. Hey, yeah. Bar Rescue, how are you getting audio on the three guys that just walked in off the street? Right, that's impossible. Right. That's not – you need to have mics on them. Someone <laughs> yeah. had to walk up and go, hi, my name's John. I'm going to be putting yeah. a mic on Sign you. Sign this form. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't just That was a two-hour process. Yeah, this is a yeah. two-hour process. They've been waiting yeah. They're perfectly in a van. Lit. <laughs> yeah. like, I know that. And so like, yeah, it drives me nuts. You're like, oh, okay. So this guy's signed off on you doing a show about him smoking pot – while working and spitting in people's foods, he'll never work again. Yeah. You're telling me that that guy signed off on that. Right. But, uh, but that, like, something like that, like, just, I go, like, I was talking to Eric Abrams about it last night, uh-huh. and I was like, I've said this, I said this a lot. I go, and this is something Travel Channel said to me, like, fucking six years ago, and I don't think I heard it until now. Uh-huh. But it, passion begets passion. So, like, whatever you're passionate about, if you or what like that thing that you like you look at like Doug getting Doug with high. Yeah. It's such a good series because Doug loves getting high. Yeah. He loves getting high and he just loves sitting around and bullshitting when he smokes pot. Yeah. And that's why that show's fun. He'll never stop doing it. He's passionate about it. He Doug loves movies. Yeah. Doug loves is the should be the predicate or the, the preface to whatever the way every comic thinks. What do you love? Yeah. Like what do you, what do you love? love do and then how can you put it out in a way where we yeah. get to share what you love? Because that's a bottomless well. If you actually love something you're passionate about, you're always going to want to get up and do it. You have new ideas surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk- Doug's built like an empire off pot because he loves pot. Yeah. And the things around it. And he's what good you- at pot. I do I do this call and sick to work show mm. tour that I do yeah. where I go in and I do radio. I drink on radio. go right to the club at like 11 or 12. Yeah. And we do a noon show. Oh, wow. I really love – I love morning drinking. I love it. Yeah. Like I love it And I'll never stop doing these Because they're so much fucking fun Yeah And adversely And I don't know if it's passion begets passion But they're all They've sold out everywhere I've ever gone So <laughs> right. like So like I'm sure people are Sharing in passion with me Yeah And totally. that's the thing that I go So like Like what Like what do you love And how can you show me what you love yeah. Like that, that Maybe that's the way to look at this business What do you love And how can you show me what you love Because yeah. this guy that's loves the, fucking shitting. There are guys that yeah. love shitting on whatever's working. Yeah. You know? On finding the person that found the niche. Yeah. You know, like And they just want to roll their eyes at it and go, Oh, really that? And then like, make fun of it. Think of how many people teamed up with with David Cross mm-hmm. when he shit on Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Because they were like, Oh, because you know, Larry the Cable Guy is a fantastic person. Yeah. And he's a fantastic act. Yeah. But there was a big portion of America that 
that didn't rep didn't identify with yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, yeah, and so they like that's the crazy thing. Like, like what do you love? I mean, I love uh, I love music, um, and I love like style, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and like food and travel. Like all those you take great again. food pictures on your Instagram. Thanks. <laughs> you really do. I was yeah. like, I literally saw it today, and I was like, I kind of want a burrito. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, it's just fun to. I don't know why it's just fun to do because it's like everything you can do on Instagram. People can roll their eyes out. Or you take selfies. You take pictures of food. You take pictures of cars. And then you're like, it's a fucking photo website, like <laughs> or an app. Like you're gonna. What do you want me to take pictures of things I don't like? Like these are the things I enjoy. Like I yeah. love coffee. Like, so really? I'll go to, like, coffee shops and, like, take pictures of, so, like, right. I know way too much about coffee. So, okay. For no reason besides I really love it. But then you post those pictures, some people make fun of you, but fucking two days later, they're somewhere in Portland doing a gig, and they're like, hey, where are the coffee? Where do I get coffee? Where do I get food? Where do I get clothes? Where do I get this? Where do I do that? That's, and you're like, you yeah, should, you should. You are asking me, motherfucker. I would, if I were you... I would do like I'm this just spitballing, but what I think would be cool because I I recently have gotten back into coffee. Yeah, where I'm like, like I started going. I, I stopped ordering just black coffee, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm gonna treat myself. Yeah, like I'm gonna allow myself to enjoy it because I always felt like, oh, I don't want the calories. But then I was like, well, fuck, it's not that many calories, and it's mm-hmm. calories that are going to end up being negative because I like yeah. burning the calories. But like, what it would be cool? What I what I think would be cool. Say you had a vlog, and you just walked in, you ordered a, you went, you found the place where you want to get good coffee, yeah. maybe good food, and they've got like a nightlife scene where they have like spoken word or yeah. music. You yeah. get young artists, and you use their music to drive through your every thing, and you just do it every city you go to. Yeah, and you just shoot it and put it up today. We're going. We're in Seattle. We're going to go to my favorite place in Seattle. Yeah. We're going to have coffee. We're going to get something to eat, and we're going to see some live music. Yeah. That would be fuck. I mean, that's like and, – and the thing is, you love it. Yeah. So it would be something where where every week I go, oh, this is going to be good. Or, oh, shit, I'm going to Seattle. You know what? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting in my car. Like, there's something nice when you go, I'm getting in my car to go get a nice cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, it's the ritual of it. I love it. Or making it at home. Yeah. Or driving to the place and like ordering it and then standing there watching people start their day or like go about their day. Like there's just some comforting thing about it, and then it tastes fucking great. Yeah. It's, it's like a perfect thing to do. It's that's. I mean, I would love. Like I would love something like that. I would love yeah. to watch it, mostly because you'd be into it. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like that's something you could do, and you could put up. You could you could fucking bang out thirteen of them, and then I guarantee you, some network calls you up, and they're like, "Hey, can we uh, acquire your material? Yeah, do you have more footage? Can we edit it into a twenty-two minute show? Do you mind if we clump them? What if we sent you out to Seattle? I mean, would you do that if they said? What if Fuck Travel Channel yeah. was like, we'll send you out to Seattle, find the best roasters, the best yeah. places to get coffee, best place to get like, like I love when you get like, uh, like I went to this one place in Michigan. I think it was in Michigan. And I was on Yelp. I love Yelp. Yeah. And I and I was like, I think I searched BLT. Right. And they made a BLT with homemade bread, fucking thick bacon, yeah. big beefsteak tomatoes. And I literally, I'm, I wrote a review about this place. Wow. Well. And I wrote a review so aggressively <laughs> about how this BLT changed my life. Yeah. But like... I would love. There was a guy who used to have a show, George something on Travel Channel, where he just ate burgers. That's it was, awesome. It was called like 
Burger Time, not Burger Time. I think that was a video game. <laughs> yeah, that was like a movie. Or, yeah, it was yeah. On the... <laughs> <laughs> this is called yeah. Fat Burger. No, it was called Good Burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, he, it was, he was a young black guy with dreadlocks, and he had a fat friend. <laughs> right. Who's now yeah. actually doing pretty good. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I'd love to see that shit. There's, I believe, I just believe that way. Like you know, find the things you like, and and or like. What would be cool is to see you like with fashion. Yeah, take apart it backwards. So like, like f- I would love like if you did like a fucking a research history on skinny jeans. Yeah, and you're like, let's. How did we get to skinny jeans? Yeah, like why did we get to skinny? How yeah. did it get there though? Like like that would be fascinating. Yeah, it would be. You know, that would be like a, the history of this weird style, and then or the history through. of why jeans are what they are. Like why you have skinny jeans. Well, how did acid watch become popular? Yeah, like that would be badass. Totally. To I mean, that's a lot of work. I'm sure you got to fucking read yeah, it's a book like on research, jeans. yeah, stuff like that. But I know a lot about denim. Like really, it, yeah, it's really. It's just like I. We just live in an age where you can. Fu- you're like, I want to know about this, and then you open up your computer, and then like a week later, you have all this crazy <laughs> knowledge, and you can reach out to people that know a lot about that stuff and talk to them, so you can get like all kinds of like uh, information for That's- free right away. And then you can like turn that into like a product if you want, you know, because the, you have the resources available. Like you can go, I'm doing a podcast about this thing, or I want to do a vlog or a web series about this specific thing, and everyone else can just type that into the coffee show, yeah, and then it'll pop up. And there's an audience for it. It's so niche now that you can do a show or a podcast or whatever about a very specific thing, and like there'll be a market for it. It might not what's, be huge. What's but- the last thing? I'm gonna go look at mine too because mine will come up. What was the last thing you got that you like laying in bed? And you're like, I wonder about this, and you fucking and, was, th- and then you became a mini expert on. Oh, it was. Um, I think it was something UFO related. Really? Yeah, I was like, what is? Uh, it was like the history of like a, a certain UFO crash or something that happened, and then I started lo- reading about like Roswell again and like certain accounts of like air uh ufo crashes in the 50s and shit and i was just like i'm not even that interested in this today but you read a couple articles you're like well i didn't know that and then four <laughs> hours later four hours later yeah you you're are like there's a-, a conspiracy okay you ready i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna tell you the things that have interested me within this past weekend okay okay let's see <laughs> um uh mount everest because i'm watching these guys on snapchat twenty nine thousand uh, twenty eight feet <laughs> Summit Mount Everest, yeah. yes. That's how big it is. Uh, cowlicks. Okay. <laughs> That's such a random... Yeah, I love I it. interested in cowlicks. Yeah. I was like, I wonder what the person who has the most cowlicks looks like. Like, I wonder if there's a guy out there that's got like... It's all cowlicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. This is all that... that um, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Uh-huh. Uh, I was looking for Smokey and the Bandit uh, yeah. jacket. I got obsessed with smoking the bandit, and I was like, "I bet you could buy that jacket right now." I, that's someone's got to be still be making that. Yeah, um, Skrillex and Justin Bieber, uh, Kevin Hart's brother, cataracts, glaucoma, Lori Petty. These are the <laughs> things I've just been I wish like. I had my, well, maybe I have them on my safari. And like, man, Kevin Hart's brother's all over this because he came to my show in DC. Yeah, uh, I looked up the Village Recording Studio. In L.A. because it's like a famous one. Yeah, and the 
it's been here since the 60s. Aerosmith, Almond Brothers, Beach Boys, Mariah Carey, Johnny Cash, Ray Charles, Eric Clapton, Elvis Costello, Bob Dylan, The Eagles, Guns N' Roses, Elton John, John Lennon, Little Richard, Smashing Pumpkins, Weezer. All recorded albums there. Really? Yeah. And I, someone that I'm like interviewing for my podcast recorded part of their album there. I'm like, oh, I've, I've heard of that before. And then I started reading about that and the history and how many music and then i'm like i gotta find a guy who can get me in there just to walk around yeah and I, check I bet it you out could talk to someone and do a full interview about that place yeah be whoever runs it that would be fascinating um, but yeah i can now know about the village recording studio i got obsessed with um the pi kappa alpha rape in 1988 what is it at florida state uh pi kappa alpha was pike okay yeah and it was like i got obsessed with uh with the rape, the anti-rape movement in America. Right. Uh-huh. And when did no means no show start. up? When yeah. did it start up? When did advocates start standing up for rape? Yeah. And then I was like that because now it's like I think feminism has gone such a such a like literally it's it's almost like a like a hair trigger explosion of like cat calling. And, and it's like yeah. everything's just blown up. And, and it's it's like. Wow, and I was like, I bet the you know now we look at I think a lot of people look at feminism and they're like, oh man, catcalling, whatever, it fucking doesn't hurt you or whatever. There's a meathead genre of guy that is anti-feminism or anti-women, yeah. and I was like, oh, I bet that was aggressive when the no means no uh, campaign started. Probably. And so yeah. I looked up now, and then I remember the first time I ever heard about gang rape was with the Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity at Florida State. And, they, and I was like, and I, you heard about the details, and then I started going like, wow, that's crazy. So those guys are anonymous now because the internet wasn't around. Yeah, like, it wasn't around to like they, upend their lives One forever. guy went to prison for three years, can't find him. Wow. And it, it's just like... Just there's one article online that you can find, like Crazy. one or two, but like you can't find details about it. They and like and there's no like there's no women's advocacy group that right. stood up for the poor young lady that got raped. Yeah, it was just like the rumor has it she was loose, and that's that's online for reality. And you're like, so yeah, like I got stuck on that. I, th- I wonder if my phone, because that I, most of these are on my phone. I wonder if these come from my phone. Yeah, they're probably linked. Like That's you're, crazy. If you're using Safari. Yeah. Yeah, they're both like it saves the tabs, your searches for both. Yeah. And so, yeah. but like it's it's really crazy. It's amazing how many other comics names are in here. Like people like Ali Wong, Annie Letterman, like yeah. just people who I was like just became familiar with. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to Google everything. Yeah, I immediately you're like, oh, yeah, you know where they're from, you know, like with their specials, albums, this and that. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's, all, it's just, it's great to have it all, all that info, but like you just will burn hours in a day just looking up stuff. And then most of it you don't remember two days later. Yeah. Because the retention value, because you just go, oh, what was that called? Okay, yeah, I got it. And then you move on and then you didn't really soak it in you just immediately got it and i wonder if it's fucking up my brain because like i sat down to do a list the other day i was i said this on stage also in dc so if you heard it in dc big shocker yeah i I sat down to do a list the other day and i went all right i gotta i'm gonna i gotta call tony yeah i should write down those five ideas and then i literally my brain goes i wonder when skis were invented like just any whimsical idea you have, yeah. you now have the luxury of getting right. that information information immediately. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, how long would it take to walk across America? So, oh, and then I've, you could be, to I've done oh that. someone already did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started going. I wonder if I could sail 
from <laughs> uh, from here to Hawaii. I wonder if that's doable. Yeah. Like, let me see who's guys. And you're like, oh, there's guys that have done it. There's one guy that did it, and they got like three miles off the coast of Miami, and they they hit a storm. Yeah. And I think he lost, like, and then I watched the whole video of them, yeah. him and his brother and his brother's son surviving the ordeal. And I was like, whoa. And he knew how to sail. I was like, all right, that's off the list. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I might have this fucking, fucking insane idea. Like Ari's going to uh, Asia for three months, right? To like just fucking get off the grid. Uh-huh. And I was like, three months? I think so. That's a while. Did yeah. he do that last year? Yeah, for He's, like a month. Ari's a different individual. Like he yeah. really is. <laughs> I know. Like, I you know I'm his friend, but like sometimes I realize just how different we are as men. Right. Like and we're roughly the same age, yeah. just so fucking different. Absolutely. But I love him to death. So I'm. I literally said to myself, I wonder <laughs> if I could find him in Asia. Like, I wonder if I could... Yeah, just go there? And find him. Like, I bet I could find him. Probably. Like, I almost guarantee I could find him if I used social media and used the internet. But oh, yeah. I, if he posts a few pictures, you're narrowing it down I, to a 20-mile radius that day. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And then I was like, I wonder if I could get a film crew to come with me and find Ari. And then I was like, well, what, what's bigger than that? If I, I, I wonder if I could get a film crew to come with me find Ari and then take him on two days of like the best trip he could yeah. ever have and then leave him. I was like, that'd be fun as fuck. That would be. And then I started like going, what if I could find Ari and then set up a bunch of people to fuck with Ari <laughs> for like, for like two days yeah. and give him the most epic trip he would never forget. But that was all manufactured. Yeah. Like he, just, I was like, I could do this. Like a I, Truman show type thing. Right. I yeah. go, I, I get like three fucking hot chicks to go to whatever cyber cafe he's going to to check emails right right and then i just have them drop a conversation they're like we're visiting from wherever oh, you know, i got it all locked in. i've already i've already rented a whole fucking boat i've got <laughs> the crew i've got it all wired with cameras yeah and then i go them say i wish we just find a fourth you know and then yeah. ari's you know ari'd be like oh uh, i'm your fourth well we have a boat and it's just <laughs> us and we're three swedish exchange students yeah who have a, an aversion to tops and we want someone yeah. to be on this boat with us for a week and ari'd be like i'll yeah. draw plans <laughs> all right, right, right and and then i was like i bet i could totally and then i'm like this is and now this is a challenge and then i was like i better run this by i better run this like baseline by eric abrams and ari and just be like so you still going to Asia? Yeah. So last night I was like picking his brain about Asia. Right. And he was like, but yeah, like that, that be, the ability to give in to whim like that. Yeah. To literally get pulled off track and just go into the internet immediately is fucking insane. It really is. I really had to get myself to stop. I had to like be aware and go, No. Go yeah. fucking outside. Go look at the sun. Go like be. Go talk to someone. Go have lunch with a friend. Go write. Go do something productive, and not just search shit online because it, it will never end. Yeah, you're not gonna like finish the internet. It's and be like, never I found gonna everything. end. I mean, today I was watching some. I, I'm literally I'm laying in bed. I'm like, I gotta get over to my buddy's house. Yeah, I turn on my phone, and it's a prank video this kid did with his dad. Yeah, and I'm like laughing, and then. I scroll more. I just, it's a d- addiction. It's a, it really is addiction. Yeah. It's as bad as video games and or alcohol porn or, yeah, and all porn. That, yeah, for sure. And like, I want, there's a thing called 30 second fights, like a Twitter account or whatever. I wish you had never said this. I know, I know. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is way better than watching a four minute video because it's just a quick, but then I watched 
80 30 second fight videos and then i was like mad that they were starting to repeat i'm like what there's no new ones how's a guy supposed to take a shit and not have fucking time to kill bullshit twitter fucking how did i account? take shits before like i'm literally like oh, dude, what I'm did a- i do just stare at the wall no you know what happened you just took like quicker shits i'm fucking sitting i got the squatty potty now so i sit I sit with the squatty potty <laughs> with a with a snuggie on and an iPad a and an iPhone. Snuggie. I got an iPhone and an oh. iPad and I'm I'm doing flipbook on one. I'm yeah. checking fucking Snapchat on the other. Yeah. I mean, it is I I there's going to be like a whole like new like set of like back problems that people uh, have. It's called it's called Tech Neck. Have you ever seen it? No, I got it. From so uh Tech Neck. It's I've got it. It's uh it's from staring at your phone like this. It goes all through your shoulders and into no, your neck. Fuck. Oh, like yeah. when you're standing up, like looking yeah. down. Yeah, and so the fuck. way you're supposed to—I don't know what I did with my phone. Oh, now I'm starting to have a panic attack. Uh-huh. Um, the way you're supposed to—what I do with my phone just to show you? Um, the way you're supposed to look at your phone is yeah. like up—is is like this. You're huh. supposed to look at it. I learned this from the sun. It may, then it looks like you're taking a photo. It, it looks like you're videotaping everyone. So I do it right, and in Starbucks, and people are like, "Excuse me." Yeah, I'm like, like no, not? I yeah. learned this in the supple leopard. Like, you're <laughs> supposed to hold your phone like this. It really does help your neck out. Yeah. Um, and then if you hold it like this and you're getting older and you're getting eye problems, you're holding it like this yeah. and it really looks like you're videotaping people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to be, I mean, I bet the cases of ADD and, oh, like, yeah. I, I've always said this, and I, this is, by the way, this is an uneducated opinion, <laughs> if, what I'm about to say. So if you have a problem with it, realize I'm just having a conversation yeah. and I'm saying an idea and it's not bad. It's just yeah. an idea. But I started wondering if autism was part of, the progression of people because quite honestly the all the this not like severe autism but low low on the spectrum uh. is part of what we are anyway doesn't like to be fucked with doesn't like to be touched doesn't like to be talked yeah. very fucking honest you yeah. know it's like it's i'm by the way i don't i don't have a degree in anything so i'm yeah. just saying this based on a couple guys friends kids i know right and so uh oh fucking priscilla and so you start wondering, like, that's the way we are anyway. Uh-huh. Everyone's in their phone. You don't need anyone to shake your hand anymore. That's no one, true. No one's touching anyone. So you're saying you wonder if, like, it, it, it triggers it in people or, like, what it, if it's just part of, like, it's more we, we had to, to lose develop. our tail at one point because we didn't need it anymore. Yeah. I guess humans. We had a fucking primordial nub or whatever. Yeah. And, and then finally it just shaved off our tail or our appendix. Stuff uh-huh. we don't need. I wonder if this is just a transformation in our brain that's happening. They're like, listen, man, the world's changing. This is how the one day we're all going to be like that. Yeah. Like, like you don't need to be a gregarious hunter anymore. Right. You know, like panic attacks. By the way, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> just to be very yeah. clear. but like Just to refresh, I have zero clue what I'm saying. <laughs> zero clue. I'm just yeah. literally shotgun thought. But yeah. like panic attacks... I believe are based on the fact that um, you needed that trigger when you were hunting animals in the wild. Right. And then sometimes that trigger, these are all thoughts. I don't know if I'm right. (laughs) Sometimes that triggers left over in us. So I have like a hunter's spirit, but I'm stuck in a gatherer's world. Uh And so sometimes getting stuck in traffic and or on a plane, I start freaking out because my body's not supposed to be in a plane. Yeah. My body's not supposed to be in a fucking in a big tube. crowd. Yeah. yeah, I'm not supposed to be waiting in lines. My spirit would never wait in a line. Yeah, so getting in a line fucking stirs me up. I wonder if that'll happen to people more 
because of kind of the opposite. Like you're you're isolated so much more now. So then when you are in a crowd or in traffic, you're that much quicker to like lose it. Yeah. Because you spend five, six hours a day just in a phone, in a computer alone or around one or two people. Or I mean, you don't talk to people really. You're texting. No one's talking you're to messaging. anybody. messaging. Yeah. No one's talking to anybody. And anyone's and everyone's on this this platform where their opinions matter. I mean, right. like you know, like you know how hard. And psh, by the way, once again, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And if I'm saying something I've heard on a podcast, I apologize. Yeah. But like you know how hard it was to have an opinion. Like when I was a kid, you had yeah. to fucking Culver City. Who the fuck's this? Someone just know. called me from here the other day. We're not answering it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. But, like, you had to, like, write a letter to a network. Oh, yeah. Like, when people really put in complaints for All in the Family or whatever, th- that had some fucking validity to it. They yeah. wrote a fucking letter. Nowadays, yeah, everyone... Type shit out and, like, find an envelope and a stamp, go to the post office, mail it. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a throwback to when offense was w- didn't matter. Like, when I was a kid, if you got offended by something, you were just like, well, I can't change it. Yeah. Fuck it. Or you would just like learn to deal with it. I think there's somewhere in the middle. Like right now we're on an extreme where everything's offensive all the time and you're like, whoa, I can't say or do or think anything or have an opinion on anything. And it used to be sort of the other extreme where like you were just one guy, your voice didn't matter. Yeah. But I just got to be eventually we're going to fall somewhere in the middle where a lot of people do have a voice. And if something really is like racist or sexist or whatever, enough people will say something and it will get heard. And a change will be made, but it won't be like a trigger reaction where it's like, everyone's offended, cancel it, fire them, get rid yeah. of it. You yeah. know, there'll be something in the middle. But it's just, it's a little too much now. Not everything is the most offensive thing in the universe. I, you know, I've, I think, I think it's like, I think it's, I think the direct, this is going to sound really anti um, all of our people's opinion, right. opinion, but I think the direction we're moving in is the right direction. Like I remember yeah. moving to New York and being shocked that people uh, didn't say faggot on stage. Didn't say it. Like that, that making fun of gays uh-huh. when I got there was not acceptable. And they were like, no, we do stand up in the village. That, that's right. You, right, you yeah. don't, you can do like, you can do like gay jokes and you that you could probably say, I take that back I'm mean, Bill Burr said faggot on stage a bunch yeah like and so did you know but like but there was a there was definitely a line of you had to be respectful of the community there right and you couldn't cross the line and 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 and, and, and I remember being in that room being like it's so funny I remember one guy went up and he goes it was this kid from like Staten Island and he's like he's whatever he said I remember this so brutally, like, it just it was like so crystal clear. He was like a like a Guido from Staten Island, yeah. And he said something, and someone said, "Did you say you live in Chelsea?" And he goes, "No, I'm not a Mexican or a faggot." <laughs> and and everyone went, "Whoa!" And he goes, "Guys, I'm a comedian." But it was so clear that he wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah, he was just being himself. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm a comedian." They're like, "There was no joke attached. You just said something hateful." Yeah. And and <clears throat> What's the matter? What time? What time is it now? Okay. Okay, yeah, thanks. No, I got I have to be somewhere too, so it's kind of perfect. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um that's fine. I've been looking at this thing. We've been on the last the tail end of the battery the whole time. I'm like, "Please don't die out. Please don't die yeah. out." Um but uh hold on. I had a, I'll tell you this when I get done. 
Um, I'll tell you when this when we get done. I had an idea yeah. that we were talking about passion begets passion. Yeah, that I shared with uh, with Brian Brian Baldinger and uh-huh. um, Eric Abrams and my one of my managers Reg. And uh, he just emailed me about it. It's the dumbest idea in the world, but I think it might be good. Like yeah. I'll tell you after. Okay, yeah. So that I'll tell it to you dry so that you can, if you have any ideas, how to make it better. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I remember that so clearly. And I was watching and I was like, oh, so like people can tell the difference between a joke and hate. Because yeah. like, he, he offended people okay, in, in, that in the moment thing. That's when like yeah, someone and, yells something and you snap out of your act and go, hey. Oh, and then a Mexican or a faggot. And yeah. everyone went. Oh, and he goes, guys, I'm a comedian. And like, no, just because you're on stage doesn't mean you're a comedian. Yeah, not everything you say. Not is, everything yeah. you say is a joke. Yeah. Like, you're, sometimes it's an insight to your soul. Like, right, I made right, a comment right. about uh, something about adopting pit bulls and, and, and females on stage in D.C. And someone's like, oh, this has to do with your wife. And I was like, uh, it does. How can you tell? Uh-huh. And they're like, because I know you have a big dog. And I have a problem with my wife just lets the dog like she puts it on a leash and she just let the dog go walk right up to you. Like yeah. walk right up to a stranger. And yeah. you watch people get scared as fuck. Yeah, and I go, babe, a- you can't do that. And I talked to my therapist about it and he goes, no, it's because um, you know, uh, as in her life, she's always been a five foot three female. Uh-huh. And this is one of those times where she's not scared to walk down the street. Like there's no fear inherent yeah. in walking down the street. If a stranger looks at her, she's got a fucking 130 pound beast with yeah, her. Yeah, now she feels like a six yeah. foot four and so, and assassin. It's a, yeah. yeah. And so she, yeah. And so <laughs> he's like, you got to understand that side of it. And I went, whoa. But yeah. it's so funny that someone in the audience looked at me and was like, yeah, they are you made... talking about your wife right now? Yeah. And I was like, how did you know? Like, <laughs> Cause you didn't need to say put bulls. You just did a yeah. bull mastiff. But, I could talk to you forever. We got to do this again. Yeah, I got to have you that. and Kevin come in t- together. We'll do one. Oh, together. that'd be awesome. Or, or I could do your podcast. You, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, you do ours. That'd be fun. Yeah, I had. I had. I think Kevin. I did, did it a long time ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I like doing. Do you drink? I quit. How long? Four years ago. This April second was four years. Seriously? Yeah. How fucking great do you feel? Fucking great. Yeah, it's been four years, so I don't think about. Yeah. How great? But yeah, and also I just quit smoking cigarettes three and a half months ago. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I, I mean, like, it just fucking feels so good. Yeah. I've been with people smoking cigarettes the last two nights. Yeah. So I think adversely I've been smoking cigarettes. Right. And I'm my back hurts. My neck hurts. <laughs> yeah, headaches fucking, all the time. I'm, I can't see out of my left eye. Oh, yeah. my fucking left side of my face is numb. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I, it's I, crazy. I was with Brent, Barrett, Greg Barrett last night, uh-huh. and he was talking about sobriety, and I'm just hung over as fuck. Yeah, and you're like, and I'm what like, are you saying? And I literally was like, in my head, I was like, there's a part of my brain that goes, Bert, listen to what he's saying. And then the other part of me is like, <laughs> or wait till he walks away and get a cocktail. Right. Yeah. And I just was like, I was like, I, I got to get through tonight. That was my fucking theory. Uh-huh. But like, but I don't really drink. This week's been tough on me. Yeah. With Stan Hope and Ari's thing and... Yeah, that's a lot of parts. Chad Shank was there. And I'm fucking getting bingos there. I hadn't seen her since yeah. she ran away. Yeah. Fucking Lynn Shawcroft was there. And I'm yeah. like fucking just getting obliterated. But I probably won't try. I don't usually drink when I'm home. but And that's why I don't go by the store much. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then it's just like it falls apart. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Did you have like a bottom when you quit or did you just quit? Not really. It was just more of like an anxiety, depression sort of kind of thing. Yeah. And it was just getting like really hard to just deal with myself. And then that wasn't helping, and I was like, I didn't want to wake up at 35 and be like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, or like this turned into a fucking problem. <laughs> oh, you so should try like, it at 43. 
That's funny. Yeah, no, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm glad that's... So I just needed to... I was like, I got to remove this for a while. And I never went to meetings, never did the AA thing. It was just like, I got to not do this for a while. And then I just, three, four, or five months, just forgot about it. Really? Yeah, it was really weird. That's interesting. I, I Every time I quit drinking, yeah, I, like I'll stop for like a month. And then it, it's really hard to get me to start drinking. Yeah. But the problem I have is that um, I get into a place where I'm like, where it's like an event. Like I'll, I won't drink for a month and then right. I'll go, well, New Year's Eve, I'll, have, I'll drink on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And my wife will want me to drink. And everyone, all my friends will be like, come on, we got a party bus. We're all going here. Yeah. You should do it. And I'm like, okay. You're like, well, there's a party bus, fine. And then, it, of course, since it's my first night back, I go yeah. fucking what? hard as fuck in the paint. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, huh, I need some hair of the dog this morning. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I'm going to. I was thinking about trying to slow down on the road. That's where it, it catches up with me. Yeah, you have all this time to kill. Fans are coming up, dude. If I, if I like, I, I was like, if I started charging people to do a shot with me, I bet I could buy another house. <laughs> Probably. Like, hey guys, yeah, it's twenty bucks to do a shot with me. People yeah. would be like, fucking done. Right. And then you just fucking. You wouldn't be alive to live in the house, though. Is the problem? <laughs> doing the shots anyway. Uh, oh, right. Fucking yeah. doing the shots anyway. Yeah. I just switched over to Fireball. I was like, I don't count that as a shot. I was like, let's just That's do Fireball. But, Fireball's uh, like the spicy Jaeger. Yeah. I quit drinking before that was a drink. Oh, uh, you Or before out. it was at least popular. <laughs> but I keep seeing people order Fireballs. I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, it's like this. I'm like, all right, it's like spicy Jaeger. I did the Jaeger thing when I was 22. Yeah. Jaeger Red Bulls. Do you smoke pot? No, I never was too big a fan of that. Like, That's I did it a little that you, bit. I dodged out of that at the store. Oh, dude, the, the store is just like, it's a pot den now. When I started there... It was everyone drank and it was way more fun. We fucking partied and did stupid shit and it was the best. But now everyone fucking smokes pot there. There's not a big drinking culture and it's just like a lot more boring. Oh, the- everyone's just zoned out and like I'm like, guys, do something stupid. Get a blowjob in the main room. Yeah. Go be an idiot. Yeah. Don't just sit there and go, What? Yeah. I um pot for me if I if I do happen to do it I just turn into a giggle machine. Yeah, well that's the funnest part. And I and I don't like the kind of pot that like that everyone else likes where they're like I just want to be high as fucking the highest I can possibly be. Yeah, I like to you get look just like you're a on little, heroin. Yeah, I just yeah. want to get a little tiny. Like I did it. Someone said this, t- so I'm not sharing any secrets out of school. But I smoked pot to do the um, roast battle. Yeah. And I fell apart laughing. Yeah, I don't it's think I've, so fun to judge. I don't think I've me. ever laughed so hard. So I ran into someone last night, and he was like, "I saw you at that." And he goes, "I couldn't tell if you were joking or not." And I go, "I couldn't tell if I was joking or not." Yeah. Like at one point, I had the mic, and someone was walking behind me, and I was rambling on. I go, "Are you taking it away from me?" <laughs> and then, and the, but I was just like, yeah. "But they put all that fucking weed out in front of you." Oh yeah. I'm like, "Oh, a little snack." Oh, just give it to you as like, here's payment. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, where do we get? Okay, let's wrap this up, and I'll tell you my two thoughts. Yeah. And uh, so the new album is... It's called 1982. Yep. And it's a pre... When does this come out? When do you want it to come out? Uh, Preferably before Friday, because that's when the album comes out. Before Friday? Yeah. I release it today. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, pre-sale is now. You can order it now on iTunes. comes out Friday, May 27th, and then it'll be on Spotify and wherever else you can hear music and comedy and all that fun awesome. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll release it right now. Uh, the um, what was I going to say? 
If that's by the way, like if you want to wait till tomorrow, that's fine too. If it's like no, 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 yeah. I, I'd, I'd release it tonight to come out tomorrow. Oh yeah, but then perfect. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, this has been a great conversation, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it this really is the reason, This is the reason you do podcasts. Yeah, totally. It, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. For everyone who's like, who's like, oh, I don't know, I kind of want to start a podcast. This is the only reason I have my podcast right. is so that I can sit down with you and like and Kevin and yeah. fucking and just and, talk to people and just get to know people that you totally. that you see. Or you don't I want to have T Bone. I haven't talked to him in forever. Dude, he's the best, he, right? Yeah, and he's like, so funny. He's a great podcast guest too. He and he's he so just fucking rolls with the punches. Is like comes up with funny like questions and ideas, and he's just he knows a lot about a lot. And he's a great guy. He's the best. He's been on mine like four times. He's the best. I, I can't believe I haven't had him on. Yeah. And I'm, when you text me, I was like, I can't believe I haven't had Nick on. Like, yeah. There's so many people where I go. Like we I, tried a couple times, but it was just you were busy. I was on. The, we were trying to nail down a couple. Yeah. Days. So it was. Yeah. It's just that happens. I did the same thing with the Sklars. We were like, "What about this day? What about that day?" And then they were filming something. I was on the road. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And then it, when it does, it does. Oh my god! It just scared the shit out of me. All right. So the album 1982 comes yes. out Friday. Yes. You can pre-order it on iTunes right now. Right this minute. Go. So go to iTunes. Do this. Yeah. Do this. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. This is the very end of the podcast. It's almost over. Don't yeah. stop right now. <laughs> Just hang out for two seconds. I haven't even told you the best secret yet. There's a really yeah. good secret coming up. Yeah. Um, uh, go on iTunes. Yes. Pre-order his album. Subscribe to him and Kevin's podcast. Which is uh, called Occasionally Awesome. Occasionally Awesome. Yeah. And while you're at this, if you're on iTunes, leave a review. Yeah. Rate it. Totally. And bang one out for me, too, if you haven't done yeah. it. And, 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 and check it out. Go check out one of the ones with, with Kevin and Teeb. Yeah. And and Nick, like yeah. what's a really good one they could go to right now that's like your favorite podcast you've done? Uh we had Ed Templeton on. Who's Ed Templeton? He's like a legendary pro skater. Oh, shut yeah, up. Yeah, he's a b- b- big deal. Yeah, he's super awesome. Okay. Um we had him on a couple times. There's one where he talked about travel cuz him and his wife travel a lot. And but the initial one was him just telling awesome skate stories from like the 90s and shit. He I'm is to that. And he's the greatest guy. He's so cool, Ed Templeton. I'm yeah. gonna look. That's the first one. Yeah, that's, I'm gonna download that one. Yeah, now. the first of the two that yeah that he did, and that was like four or five months ago or something like that. Uh, that's a good one. We do a few where Kevin and I recommend stuff to listeners, just because they like our weird. Like Kevin's a big art guy. I yeah. know a lot about style and music and 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 that kind of shit. Uh, so we do a there's a three volumes of that, um, and those are the ones that stand out now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so good luck on the album, man. Thank, Thank you, you. Yeah. And thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on this. I appreciate it. Totally. I, hope, I hope someone right now is like doing the same little uh, vine swinging of ideas. They're like, yeah. Ed Templeton. And they just go over and right. click it. And all of a sudden they're right. like, oh, wow. He partied with uh, Jason Ellis. Huh, Jason Ellis. Whoa, right. for, let's, let's look at Jason Ellis's Rex. Click, click. Yeah. And now they're fucking off on nine different tangents. Totally. And you probably forgot to go to iTunes. Right. So go to iTunes. Oh, by the way, if you don't. Uh, no, if you should get my album, my first album's already on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can all get that. it for free off your website. And that, yeah, that's actual episode of the podcast. I just gave it away for free after the one year mark. Yeah, so I just made it an episode for the subscribers, so you can download it and own it for free or listen Maybe to I'll it on Spotify. I'll do that Spotify. with my comfortably dumb. Yeah, because after a while, the people that bought it bought it, and then it's just a cool thing to do for fans. Yeah. And there were dude, there were people that hit me up immediately. They were like, "Finally, was waiting for this to be free." I'm like, "You motherfuckers! Like, you were never gonna buy it from the get go." Fucking bucks. <laughs> I know, and they don't know how far that goes, man. You give out all this free content, and you're like, "Just give me some," you know? Yeah. But yeah, so that album's out there. If you, if you have
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.